Welcome to another installment of the Final Scoop Podcast. My name is Robert Chinesky, Supplement Engineer. Joining me as always is my international band of brothers, Lucas Troublemaker Rakowski, Prometheus Intelligence Sports Technology, <laughs> Robert, the Russian Smasher Samborski, Apollo Nutrition. Uh, Lord Shane has yet to descend from Mount Doom, so we will uh, eagerly oh, anticipate his arrival as soon as he can join us. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Happy New Year. If you didn't see us on last week's episode, post up any comments, questions, queries, quips, smart ass remarks you might have for uh, our panel of game-changing industry influencers and titan thought leaders. Uh, yeah, guys. Another week. We're here. How's life? Good, good. How is everyone? Everything is awesome. And before we start our banters and everything, I just want to say that we had an amazing podcast on Wednesday with an amazing guest and an amazing person that I really respect and truly admire and I also love, no homo, which was Eric Schwartz from the Paw Power. So this guy is just an amazing guy and I just want to say that we did a fantastic podcast. So if you guys missed this show, do us a favor and go check out the, the podcast. It's already on all the listening platforms, including iTunes and so on. And make sure to, you know, hit the subscribe button once again, just to make sure that algorithm loves us and so on. And, uh, you know, uh, give some love to, uh, to Eric, even if you don't have any dog or like, or hate animals. Make sure just like, you know, uh, hit the like button on his site. So, yeah. Well, I, as far as I know, that peanut butter is okay to eat for humans too. So, you know, if you don't have a dog, buy it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. quality, all natural peanut butter and all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just what he just said, roasted peanuts and that's it. There's not even extra salt added to it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's going for the right cause because he's supporting, you know, the... The rest for, for the, for, yeah, for the others, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. hell yeah to that. There you go. Grandpa Sean is in first today. Grandpa. Lucas, the sexiest podcaster of 2021. Huh. Robbie, a distant 50th. <laughs> you know what? Me and Shane fall somewhere in, in the middle. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give it uh, no problem. You know, you got to give some love to your elderly. There you go. Simon says, smiley face. All right, man. No, I also want to say a huge shout out, thank you to uh, Gerhard at New Live for sending me this giant case of uh, Actogen shots. The taste, the taste takes a lot of getting used to because that just this just arrived on my doorstep right before the podcast, and he said I was going to be sending it. So it's a uh, the taste is not good at all of it, but it's a liquid. It's a triple berry blend flavor. The flavor's not good, but hey, it's free and it's 200 milligrams of Actogen per shot, so I'm okay with that. Bro, it's in the shot form, so... Yeah, you just down it and get over with. Smash it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. As DJ said, who gives a fuck about the flavor, right? Agreed. Shridhar, I heard Lucas is getting Batman of Supplement Industry Awards. I agree. God damn, what's going on today? First, I'm the sexiest podcaster, now I'm a Batman. I don't know, man. Man, are, are, are we doing some Polish giveaways or something like that today? Yeah, like, what, 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 what the hell is going on here? Whoa! Did you guys, Robert, did you guys get paid by? Did you guys get paid by Fitness Forum on the Price Club, maybe, or something? Yeah, th this is just not my week. I mean, like, I, I get shit. Bring bring Carolina back on, and then you'll get all the love, Robbie. 
That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, 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 now you make me sound like I'm getting an award pimp of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, every, we each have our strengths. You just got to know how to use them properly. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm questioning my abilities, my manhood, my sexiness, everything. I mean, everything went to shit. I lost to Lucas. I lost to you. Damn, I lost to Carolina. Well, but that's a given. Well, you beat Shane because he's not here, so that's something. I mean, that's something. That's okay, something. yeah, no, I'll, I'll take that. Like, I, I can always claim that I beat the Lord. You did. You <laughs> the, Lord will be, the Lord will be here soon, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just need to take care of Ava. I just saw this pop across uh, the Stack 3D newsfeed. I wanted to get you guys' opinions on it because we've I've seen a couple of companies. Uh, Avi came out with a kids, like a multivitamin powder. And Core Nutrition is now Doug Miller and company is coming out with a kids multi-gummy. Uh, mm -hmm. First off, do you think, and so the, most kids, at least here stateside, everybody grows up chewing the Flintstone vitamins. That's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's almost an American institution at this point. I ate them all growing up and I mean, I'm sure kids still do it to this day. Do you think sports nutrition companies can make a significant dent in, in kids vitamins or I mean, it's, I mean, cause I'm sure goalie or golly, however the hell you say that, that gummy brand's name, um, mm -hmm. And all of those other companies are going to start trying to get their way into that. But do you think the sports nutrition company specifically can make a decent move with these kids' products? And then uh, what are your thoughts on this compared to just other kids' vitamins options that are out there already? Uh, I'll say from my perspective, but I'm sure Lucas can add more and probably will know will give a better answer than I will. Uh, from my perspective, you know, when I entered the industry obviously I didn't know much. I mean, all I knew is like what pre-workout gives a kick. Uh, you know, protein powder, creatine, basics, and, you know, selfishly what I need, you know, what athletes need, you know, that that was my thing. So when I entered and I saw what a mess this industry is, from my perspective was like, let's release the most badass, the most loaded, properly those, blah, 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 blah. And I'll admit I was wrong. And I was wrong for a few reasons. Reason number one, um, the market is subdivided just like a car market is subdivided movie industry that's subdivided too we all have different needs different tastes different budgets um medical conditions and you know not everybody is a badass hardcore opponent type of athlete uh and i think that one area that i kind of neglected completely was kids i mean there is nothing wrong i mean kids do take vitamins kids do get sick obviously and kids also could benefit especially american kids in my opinion because it's a mess what's going on in this country when it comes to eating habits uh and fast food so the kids could benefit from supplementing too i don't think there is anything wrong in fact it's very very beneficial Apollo nutrition doesn't cater to them uh you know we have a different market and different niche but uh, i mean maybe in the future we'll see because we did expand a little bit this year um, but I think, you know, when I saw something like, uh, you just mentioned Obvi, right? For example, uh, when they came on the scene, I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. You know? But then when I looked into it, I mean, there is nothing wrong with it. I mean, they cater to a specific market. I think that there's also a niche kind of like different from a pollen, of course, but, uh, I think multivitamins for kids and, and supplements for kids, protein for kids, that's a whole other avenue that definitely uh deserves attention so from my perspective it's a two thumbs up without a doubt you know i'm 
I do respect Core as a company. I have nothing bad to say about Core. I've met the guys from Core, obviously, thanks to Lucas, who made the introduction. Um, so, and I don't know the product in terms of like the supplement facts and, and the dosages or anything like that. I never looked into it, but I think the 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 area itself, you know, uh, the vitamins for kids, etc. I think it's a great idea, and it has its place, obviously, in the industry. So, you know, thumbs up for them, and uh, you know, if the product meets uh, all the you know necessary components such as dosages and and, and ingredients etc then even better i know that i talked to marina about it you know i mean and she runs a pharmacy and she said that gum is like you know within the pharmacy industry that's mm -hmm. mostly catered to kids you know i mean yeah. that's uh that's the market mostly um so you know i mean probably because lucas is dealing with so many different brands and obviously you know prometheus he probably knows whether there is demand or not. I'm pretty sure that maybe C4 is doing a little bit better, uh, but uh, maybe Lucas can surprise us. You know what? When it comes to like gummies, it's, it's a, it's a, I would say a new market. But at the same time, as you said, it's a, it's a different, definitely like an old school thing in the US. Mm -hmm. I remember like two weeks ago, you had an expert. I don't remember which which brand was he representing. You know the manufacturer of the gummies. Yeah, SMP Nutra was the. Uh, oh yeah. The guys. Yeah. So if you if you guys you know skip this podcast, you can definitely check it out on Robert's you know YouTube channel, the supplement engineer. So he described like how how the gummies are manufactured and and so on. So that was a really interesting stuff. I really learned a lot about that, so definitely go and and check this podcast. But as far as like you know the the whole thing with the gummies, I think it's a really cool idea and it's really appealing, especially for the you know, uh, you know, the children. You know, because if they would have to take, for example, tablets or capsules, I don't think that that will be a super you know, super appealing for them, and they will be keen to to down like five or six uh, taps or something like that. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, gummies and so on, I think it's it's also fun. Uh, it's tasty, uh, which is probably really important in this, in this, you know, in this space. So big shout out to, to Core for, for doing it. I think that Doc is like, uh, is doing something special uh, with his products and like, you know, entering new markets and what he's doing and, and meaty is is what i like really like to see you know i'm sure that you know that uh, the multivitamin won't be super loaded but at the same time it's it's still gonna gonna have some some good ingredients in good dosages and probably they will they will use some uh, high quality vitamins in there. yeah I hope the core nutritionals, and I'm sure it is because Doug and those guys know the right stuff to use just because this kid's vitamin from SMP is not very good in my opinion. I mean, you've got all of the cheap or non-bioavailable forms or very low bioavailable forms of the uh, vitamins and minerals in here. You got D2 instead of D3, cyanocobalamin instead of methylcobalamin. There's no magnesium in here, and magnesium is one of the most common nutrient deficient. Um, in the population. Mm. Um, yeah. 
that's kind of disappointing with theirs. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, so like, let's check out Core's multi. Sweet deals. Okay, so yeah, I mean, assuming they do something along these similar, and they just scale back all the dosages to make it, you know, kid size. Yeah, uh, we're going to be in much better shape. So I mean, we got. I hate all of these goddamn pop-ups. People wonder why I block pop-ups. They're fucking annoying. All right, there we go. All right, so we got methylcobalamin. Uh, P5P would be nice. Pyridoxine, hydrochlorides, you know, decent. Uh, D3, good there. Manganese, they got magnesium, the good quality form of magnesium at that. Uh, and then you got some of the fun little additions there. Spectra, boron, choline, uh, and berberine hydrochloride. I'm sure oh, they won't must, use... That must be I'm for sure digestion. They like, you know, they won't use like boron or berberine but it, or choline. I don't think they will. That's right. not necessary. But at the same time, yeah. you know, they will like put a big emphasis on the you know on the vitamins and minerals and like you know phthalates forms and so on. I think that will be a, a super efficient you know. I, I would like to see them put choline in there just because it's got such an important function in the growth and development of the nervous system and the brain and everything. So if they put in something similar to this, you know, fifty or hundred milligrams of choline. Um, that would be good, I think, in some way, just because you don't know if kids are actually going to be eating enough beef, liver, and eggs, and all of that stuff. I mean, mine does, but she doesn't eat liver, but she eats tons of eggs. Uh, you know, I definitely would love to see like uh, a good quality of vitamin D, magnesium, and B12. Yeah, these three are like really important. Agreed. Ah, uh, boop, 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 boop. Devin, Lord Shane must be busy with his royal duties. Yes, he uh, is in charge of the princess at the moment, and he will uh, eventually get back on very soon. Jojo. What's up, Jojo? Thoughts on pH water? Uh, it's bullshit. That, that's a thought. As an Amazon driver, I've been delivering a lot of it lately and haven't really been bougie on water. I still drink tap. Uh, I, I think as long as you're getting any kind of tap water or, you know, filtered water that's fine but if you start going for like these alkalizing waters or these ph charged water it's water is is uh neutral ph neutral by definition i mean like it's it's a ph of seven it's neutral uh, invest in a good electrolyte uh type of a supplement add it to your water and voila you got an amazing amazing hydration yeah it's a it's a scam just avoid it Devin, how many grams of sodium do each of you think you intake each day? A fair amount. I will say that. A fair amount. It's really hard to say, Devin, because you, I'm, I'm, I'm taking uh, a lot of sodium. I'm not like tracking it uh, because I'm training. Uh, plus, I'm moving a lot. Each day, I'm doing like around forty to fifty thousand steps per day, which is which is a lot. I'm walking everywhere, so 
yeah, I, I need that, that sodium. Plus, when I'm like, for example, eating my meats, I always like, you know, salt hard. So I never like, you know, back down on that. But I don't, the thing with me is that I don't like, I don't eat processed foods. So basically I eat really clean. I eat a lot of like, you know, all foods, you know, all meats and so on. Lord Shane is here. I am here. Sound the trumpets. Alert the bellmaster in the tower. What's up, bro? Lord Shane has made his grand entrance. You're muted, buddy. Can you hear me now? I can. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same as Lucas. I don't really track sodium intake. I mean, typically, I, I, I'm, a, I'm actually very... Not not picky, but very diverse when it comes to salt. Like for example, if I like cook something like eggs, like I don't know, like omelet or something like that, I don't use salt at all. Like I mean, typically my omelet is like with something like avocado cheese. So whatever sodium they contain, that's pretty much what I take. I I don't put extra salt. But you know, if if I prepare something like steak or any meat or anything, so typically like salt and pepper. But yeah, and obviously I don't measure or anything like that. It's just like as much as I like. That's how much I use. So I, honestly, if somebody asks me a question, how much I'm using on a daily basis average, I have absolutely no clue. Shane, do you have any idea how much sodium you take in on a day? No, nah, but when I have like my chicken, my wife always tells me that, uh, would you like some chicken with that salt? <laughs> so apparently I have a lot, but I only probably have like two of those meals a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just add as much salt until it's tasty. So, yeah, I've never be... tracked it. Um, I would say, if I had to guess, it's probably close to three thousand milligrams a day. Robert, now, uh, you know, I mean, there there are a lot of questions, like you know, when it comes to sodium. I know, like people do ta uh, talk, you know, about the benefits and how bad it is for you, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm not going to go to that route, but I actually want your opinion on something else. Uh, without tracking how much sodium you're taking daily or whatever, is it something physically, either appearance-wise or how you feel or whatever, where you would be like, maybe I'm taking a little bit too much salt and I need to back the fuck off? Like, either a physical appearance, I mean, or, you know, health concerns, without doing any blood work. Basically, an overall feeling or a medical mm -hmm. kind of internal condition or physical appearance. Yeah. I, mean, I guess something like if you look really puffy and bloated and swollen, maybe you're taking too much sodium, but at the same time, maybe you're just not taking in enough other electrolytes to balance that out or enough water to balance out that sodium. Um, so like my you, dad, would you say that that's probably extreme cases of extreme amounts of sodium? Yeah, it could be. It, I would say you're, you're probably overdoing it or underdoing physical activity, just you being too sedentary. So overconsumption of that coupled with sedentary nature and lack of proper fluids. Uh, I think that, but like my dad is been a type two diabetic for over 20 years. He's got uh, reduced kidney function um, and he's down to 1500 milligrams of sodium a day or less. So like, I think he sticks around like 1200 um, and they found out like he was eating up around 2000 before that. And his blood sugar numbers were still all wacky. They scaled down his sodium intake to less than 1200 and that got his HBA one C and all the other stuff in line better. But I mean, I, 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 he doesn't have high blood pressure or he didn't. Um, so sodium wasn't affecting that. Me, me and my brother and sister were all 
very highly active. We've never considered not salting our food or anything like that. So I just, I'm not worried about it. My blood pressure is fine. If you're somebody that's concerned about it, check your blood pressure first and then maybe go to blood work, but you can just do blood pressure. And if some people are super sodium sensitive, some aren't as far as its impact on sodium being the root cause of cardiovascular issues and blood pressure, the evidence is pretty mixed on that. There was a, an article I wrote a couple years back where I, a new meta analysis had come out showing that individuals with the lowest sodium intake actually had higher blood pressure levels than individuals who were consuming around three to 4,000 milligrams. Now, once you get over five or 10,000 milligrams of sodium a day and you're not an extreme endurance athlete, then yeah, that definitely has deleterious effects on uh, blood pressure and whatnot. But for the average individual, according to that meta-analysis, if, if you were, you know, the higher sodium intakes were actually correlated with better blood pressure levels than ultra-low reduced sodium diets and things like that. So it's, there's definitely a genetic and inter-individual uh, differences at play, but not always. Yeah, like, so, sodium is not just the bad guy. Kind of like everybody says, well, sugar is the one thing making everybody else fat. No, it's, it's a combination of sugar, fat, salt, consuming over too many calories overall, and a lack of an activity. Some, some people are just naturally salty. Right. Yeah. And like my, my daughter, like, I don't know, is, is, is Ava like the shame? Like she'll just go up to like the, the salt bowl that we have and she just throws it in her mouth and eats it. And so like no, mine will she, soak salt in water and drink it just fine. I think it's the weirdest she thing. She does. Um, like if, if you give her like chips with sauce, like a ketchup or aioli, yeah. She will just dip the chip in and suck the aioli off and then kind of use the chip as like a spoon. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? She's just like, I like sauce. And I'm like, yeah, I gather that, but it's not this. That's the dish, not that. That's yeah. That's meant to accompany it. Correct, yeah. But I have her this morning because Nikki's away. That's why I had to. I woke up and she was in my fucking bed. I don't remember <clears throat> when this happened. Stealth Yeah. She's a ninja. Jiffy Jank with the eyeballs peeping in. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, Alex. How are things up in Canada? In my perspective, it's up to the consumer, and they should not make it so taboo. I wonder if that's in reference to... I thought it was more of like a uh, the salt thing was kind of like bodybuilders really, really watch it come contest time and stuff. But I, yeah. I don't know... I don't think I've ever met anyone who was like, oh, I have to watch my sodium intake, who was like, uh, I guess, a regular exerciser and everything. I don't know. I only, I hear it, I hear it, I hear people asking more about it than I actually know of actually people who actually do it. Yeah. Or worry about it. The Lord, Shane, you were late. Sridhar actually did his... Uh... Ask kissing for the day to Lucas instead of you. So you, you missed out on the compliments and the niceties from street art today. I went straight to Lucas. Someone, someone actually asked me the other day. They said, I've been looking everywhere for Lucas on Instagram. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, I don't want to go on Facebook. Is, is, is uh, Instagram the only uh, Does he not have one? I was like, no, he does not. I'll, uh, I'll tell him. <laughs> I don't live. I don't have a life. I think, it was, I think he was asking about... Um, Fuck, I can't remember now. It was two weeks ago. It was about a specific supplement. I was able to answer his question. He was asking about an ingredient you liked. I think he was looking for a product near him or something. But yeah, I helped him out. Bro, <laughs> we almost we almost agree with everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it says, Hail the Lord. So you can ask. Hail the Lord if you want. We could all just go by. Those little patches of land. Yeah. Just, yeah. Shane must have more sodium since he's doing keto. Is that is sodium like a part of keto? Uh, yeah. People like since you're losing glycogen, you're losing a lot of electrolytes with that when you ditch the carbs and everything. So they tell you to up your uh, electrolyte intake. Especially when you are ditching stuff. Especially when you are ditching the carbs, you're like losing a lot of electrolytes. That's why you get. I thought keto, keto was like sub. 30 or 50 or something a day, right? It's going to depend on your physical activity level, body mass and all that. But yeah, typically less than 50 net carbs a day. Yeah. Of uh, Yeah, I don't think I'm... I think I just do low. I don't think I do. Because I, I, don't, cause I know they, they also like say you have too much protein. It's got to be like something stupid or ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then the fat has to be insanely high. Yeah, it's usually it's like seventy percent fat or clinical keto. I think it's seventy fat, twenty protein, and then yeah, no, five to ten carbs. That's, but that's also that's also that's bullshit keto. when they're but when you're saying that you know too much protein gonna kick you out of ketosis. Yeah, right. that's that's yeah. bullshit. Agreed. I'm doing I'm doing uh, Rich Piano's keto. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> he was. I feel like he was literally the one that transformed it from. I want the low carb option to just the keto option. Yeah, bro. People must have hate the shit out of him because anytime anything was low carb, he was like, "Yeah, keto option, not really, but okay." <laughs> ben and Jerry's every fucking evening. <laughs> yeah, and he would just he would just coin the, the the like he just ketoed things. I don't know if that's a that was a thing before him, but he really pushed it. Yeah. Jojo, the taboo comment was in reference to sports nutrition companies making kid director products. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Shane, we were discussing uh, before you hopped on the core Crush It Kids multi gummies that are coming out. And the question was that I pitched to Robin Lucas. Do you think that could make a significant dent in maybe kids' multivitamins? Or is it mostly probably going to be oh, people that are already yeah, buying no. stuff from Core? Yeah. They're just going to like, hey, I'm a fit guy. I'm going to make my kid fit and give them a, like, a, a, a gummy. Instead of going and grab like the Flintstone multis out of the pharmacy. Precisely. I mean, how, how is, I mean, I don't suspect this is going to wind up in Walmart's kids' vitamin aisle. Yeah. It's likely to be at, like, a retailer, like, some specialist supplement retailer. So the only way you're going to see it is if your parents see it. It's not like you're going to walk in and, like, a kid's going to go into a GNC or, or whatever and see, oh, I like this one. Yeah. You have to be looking for it rather than stumbling across it. I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. I'm taking whole salt mine on keto. Shane hit it on the head. Robbie is always salty. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he just doesn't stop today, and yet I don't retaliate. Shane's renegotiating his McDonald's contract for the year, Devin. That's why he was late. <laughs> uh, all right, last... News, like... So many people support them and say they love their food. And yeah. If you need salt, go hit up at McDonald's, man. All of their food is salty. Very cold and back in lockdown, plus curfew. I feel sorry for the Canadians, or at least in your region of Canada. Yeah, man. I heard they locking back up. up. It's fucked up. Shridhar, when I did keto, 30 grams total carbs without magnesium, potassium, and sodium. I'd get all cramps. Yeah, you, you need lots of lots of magnesium, potassium, and sodium, dude. 
Isn't gluconeogenesis a thing, though, Lucas? It is. But go, go ahead, Lucas, and then I can I can say whatever since it was directed at you first. Go ahead. Yeah, go first. You no, no, already, go ahead. Go ahead. We're already, you were you were already talking, so yeah. I mean, it's a part. it's a word that's like fifteen twenty letters. So yeah, it's, it's a that's your ballpark. Yeah, hell yeah. Amen to that. Gluconeogenesis is a thing, Sridhar, and like you talk to like the super keto zealots, or the people that don't actually understand human physiology, but they just jumped on the bandwagon. They make it to be like this huge boogeyman. But you know what? Even if you're a person that primarily runs on carbohydrates, your body is still oxidizing some fat in the background and generating very base level, low levels of ketones. Same thing is flipping around. So if you're in keto, your body will produce a little bit of glucose that's necessary. So if you ingest some protein, some of the protein, some of the amino acids and protein are gluconeogenic and some of them are ketogenic, which means they can be used to generate ketone bodies. Some of them will be converted into glucose. There's things like... Um, Leucine is a gluconeogenic amino acid, so is glutamine and a couple of other ones. So yeah, it's the thing is, is how much is it doing? So if we, we took, we look at carbs, you know, carbs are going to have a very pronounced effect on raising insulin levels and raising glucose levels in the blood. Protein, like a whey protein shake, it'll spike insulin real quick and then you'll get down to baseline pretty quick. It's not going to be this long, prolonged elevation insulin levels that are going on. So and that's another thing I think the keto community really, or at least the, the people that don't kind of understand how it works, you, you don't need to be in ketosis 24 hours a day to be keto. Like having a little period where you come up for like an hour after you eat and you you, you take, you, you piss on the little keto strips, you take your finger prick tests or whatever you want to do. So you're not keto, but give it, give your body time to digest all the food and you'll be back in keto in a little while, provided you're not ingesting, you know, 50 or hundred grams of carbs outside of your workout window or something like that. But it's, you know, you don't, it's not a 24 hour, I'm always in keto or I'm failing at life if I'm not keto all the time kind of thing. So it's, it's also funny when, you know, the, the keto zealots are like pricking their fingers like 24 seven and they're like, Oh, this is how much ketones I have in my body. So I'm in a deep ketosis or something. But at the same time, if you're like, if your ketones are on a high level, like all the time, it means that you're not utilizing their, their, your ketones at all, which is not, which is also not good. So you need that, need to keep that in mind. And as far as like the protein, as Robert said, you know, it all, it all comes down to consumption, but I wouldn't be like, you know, super strict about that, you know, you know, especially when you're like on, on a ketosis, you don't have to like consume a lot of, a lot of fat. Just remember that mm. on your body, you got plenty of fat, you know, so you yeah. can utilize it. But as far as like, you know, going on the keto, just like, you know, even if you're, for example, fast for like 16 hours, you're going to be in a, in a ketosis. So, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I think like, you know, I mean, like, like Shane said, you know, the 70% uh, fat, he doesn't do it. Um, I don't even like, I'm not even comfortable saying that I'm following a keto diet when, when I diet, I mean, to get in shape. Because I think that uh, just giving it a name, I always feel like it's mostly like marketing thing. Because mm -hmm. if you take, for example, um, okay, let, let's say keto, right? Uh, and let's go, you know, we often talk about science and stuff. If you go right now and you Google keto diet, you're going to see a lot of positive feedback, but you will see shitload of negativity too. And both the positive and the negative is going to come from actually not just, you know, uh, like people that discuss uh, vaccines and shit like that with everybody having an opinion. But I mean, those are actually from real doctors 
you know, that do some kind of, I don't know, studies and, you know, they obviously got the diplomas and shit like that. So they, they, the experts on the field, yet two experts are going to have completely different opinion when it comes to keto diet. And it's not just keto, it's actually any diet, any diet you find high carb, low carb, no carb, uh, you will have people that are supporting it 100%. And again, I mean, scientists, and you're going to have people that are dead against it and criticize it and in fact find it harmful. So, you know, for me, I'm by nature, I'm actually a very lazy person that prefers comfort. So I am not comfortable counting calories. I'm not comfortable counting my fats. I'm not counting uh, counting my protein intake. Just, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I know my body more or less. I know how my body responds. I'm definitely not going to target 70% fat intake daily because I just think, I mean, again, no disrespect to anyone who does it. From my personal uh, perspective, I think it's dumb. I mean, that's just the way I see it. I think it's stupid. But if it works for you, it's something that you like, something that works for you, go ahead and fucking do it. That's uh, no problem. But uh, when when people ask me, you know, what kind of a diet you follow, I notice that I am somewhat of a carb-sensitive person. So, yeah, very low to no-carb diet definitely works for me 100%. No, I primarily do not do egg whites. I do whole eggs. Yes, I do include red meat in my diet. I love red meat. Uh, I don't think that it's, like, as bad for cholesterol as, you know, they make it out to be. And, again, it's not based – I'm not a scientist. I'm not even – I don't even know if I'm right. I'm just – I mean it based on my blood work. And, you know, when my cholesterol, like I said a few shows ago – uh, when my cholesterol was high, I firmly believe that it's due to my genetics. And when I started just taking better care of myself in terms of exercise, cardio, and taking certain supplements that I didn't even know if they work, but Robert confirmed that they do actually work. And I saw my cholesterol fucking drop. The first thing that my doctor asked was like, oh, shit, you know, did you eliminate red meat from your diet? Nope. Did you eliminate bacon from your diet? Nope. Did you switch a whole eggs to egg whites? No, nope, none of that. You know, I, I just, I think you should do and follow a diet that specifically works for your body because we are so fucking different. Age, race, weight, uh, genetics, uh, medical conditions. I mean, fuck, whatever works for you. I've seen people that can fucking diet on 500 uh, grams of carbs a day. Absolutely no problem. No problem. And they will get in shape. Unfortunately, I'm not that I'm not one of those people. So I have to do whatever whatever works for me. Like I noticed that either carb cycling that works for me, but still on a lower side. Like I will go what people call a, a high carb day. For me, a high carb day on a carb cycling because I only count carbs because it's easy. Um, my high carb day is going to be something like at the most 100 grams a day. Then I'm going to go on a low carb, which for somebody it's nothing. And it's 50 grams. And then maybe I'll do two days on absolutely no carbs whatsoever. That shit works for me. I would I advise it to for anyone else to try? No, because I don't know fucking, I don't know your body. I don't know how you react. I might give you advice that works for me, but it's going to backfire when it comes to you. So I prefer to shut the fuck up and just, if I talk about my diet, I'm going to emphasize and say, that shit works for me. That's how my body reacts. Should you do it? I don't give a shit what you do. Do whatever works for you. Either take somebody's advice. Maybe even mine is not going to be advice. Mine is going to be just sharing what works for me. That's it. Or experiment with your body and see through different you know, trials and errors what works for you. Find what works for you. 
and just follow that. But to call it keto and then fucking there are so many names for them, carnivore diet, and if it works for you, by all means, do whatever the fuck you want. Sean, honest question for Robbie. I believe you said you use fish oil. Have you compared the differences between things like fish, salmon, krill, etc.? Or are they all pretty much the same? Uh, the last part I'm going to leave up to our technical advisor, and that's going to be Robert. <laughs> you know, he can probably give you a better answer when it comes to salmon, krill, and etc. I'm just not an expert on, in a field. What I do know, and I stated it like a while ago, that one of my closest friends, Alina, she works in a industry in a pharma, in a pharmaceutical industry, and she was the one who pointed me to um, Vasipa, which is prescription, and she showed me studies that pretty much, I'm gonna go and say all fish oil on the market just don't deliver what the prescription Vasipa does, and Vasipa, in fact, indeed, is the only, and I mean the only fish oil on the market that does have science backing up its claims that it does reduce the risk of heart uh, disease and it's actually proven and that's, you know, it's, it's the real deal. And I know that I've been on Vasipa for the past two years and my triglycerides have never looked better. So it's a proven. I do know, for example, but I'm not going to recommend that I'll leave it again up to Robert, uh, that Nordic and one of those companies that, you know, have a supposedly better quality fish oil does deliver to an extent and they have some sort of benefits but most fish oils on the market are just completely crap robert you can take it over yeah lucas you got anything to add i remember like few uh few podcasts about fish oil and so on and i remember there was like uh you know the fridge test when you put the fish oil into the fridge and if it's cloudy or something that it means that your fish that your fish oil is basically unusable uh and most of the most of the fish oil that is on the market is as robic said a piece of shit so i wouldn't like invest in it i'm a big fan and i'm a big fish eater so i don't have yeah so i don't have any issues with like with omega omega 3s you know i basically try to utilize the smash protocol which is uh, adding in my diet salmon, herring, anchovies, uh, halibut, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, I really, I really like fish. So I'm not, I'm not like you know going out for the sushi, but most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm grilling all my fish or eating smoked uh, fish because here in Poland we have like uh, plenty of them. And they are like widely available, so I try to like incorporate them uh, every week. Uh, so basically, that's that's my whole standpoint on, on on as far as like you know supplements. You know, yeah, if if you don't like fish, then you can definitely add them. But I would go with like reliable brands. I know that now foods has some pretty good uh, fish oil, which I would like, you know, recommend. And as far as like, you know, the the brands that are like uh, coming to my mind right now. But as far as like, you know, others, I would have to like, you know, think think more. Yeah, so, yeah. Look, Lucas is right. I mean, uh, you know, I kind of like forgot to mention, but of course, you know, eating fish, salmon, sardines, halibut. I mean, you know, fatty fish. I mean, obviously. 
and it's probably the way to go and, and the most beneficial in a way but you know bef uh, before you take over robert I, I think actually you know what i will talk to alina since she is in that industry maybe she can come and join us even maybe for a little bit and can talk about it because the information that she has shown me i think it was fucking remarkable like completely opened my eyes and i felt even like kind of cheated because i have been using fish oil that i used to buy you know over the counter and stuff like that for years and then when she showed me that i was like oh shit you know what i didn't know so i will definitely talk to her i think it would be very interesting if she can join us even for a little bit oh yeah yeah um as far as differences between so like both fish oil and krill oil are really good sources of epa and dha that's the whole purpose of taking fish oil eating salmon and stuff like that. aside from the good protein you get from eating whole you know salmon fillets or fatty fish which you're, which you're really going after is the omega-3 so both krill oil and fish oil give you good sources of epa and dha provided that your fish oil is from a good source or you're eating like wild alaskan salmon or any of the other sources robbie and lucas were talking about there is a slight difference so fish oil comes from fish krill oil comes from these little tiny crustaceans called krill um there is one small study uh, it's 15 or 20 people that showed that Krill oil was slightly more bioavailable than uh, fish oil was, but I mean, we're, we're like nitpicking at this point. So make sure you get a quality source. Plus, uh, krill oil has a few extra uh, antioxidants in it, like astaxanthin. So that's why krill oil kind of looks like a, a reddish color, while fish oil typically looks yellowish or, you know, bright yellow. So you've got that other astaxanthin, which is a fun other little, you know, carotenoid uh, pigment that can have some other benefits as far as like eye health, skin health, hair, all that other good shit. Um, but yeah, both of them are good. I use Nordic Naturals fish oil because I like salmon. I just don't cook it for myself all that much. Um, that's all. Uh, but I use Nordic Naturals. I take three grams of that a day. Um, if you're looking for a plant-based source of omega-3s, most of them have pretty poor bioavailability. Uh, but one that has shown some decent bioavailability comparable to fish oil is something called ahi flour, A-H-I-F-L-O-W-E-R. Um, and that's got, a, it's got omega-3, 6, and 9 in it, and it's got a unique kind of uh, omega fatty acid in it called GLA. Um, so you can look into that, and that's that's kind of a, a cool thing to check out if you're looking to just, you don't want to, if you're going like the vegan route or sustainable route or something. You can I believe, I believe uh, Pramazol oil has, contains uh, GLA as well, right? Which one? Pramazol oil. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and so, yeah, Lucas mentioned now food supplements is a good one. Uh, Nordic Naturals is a great one. Like I'm sure uh, the fish oils you're getting from uh, Core is going to be a quality. Like any reputable supplement company, they're going to package the omega-3 fatty acids in there with some kind of antioxidants. Either it's going to be mixed to cofferols or like vitamin E or vitamin C to help combat the oxidation in there. Just if you're going to get your fish oil, make sure it's from a reputable source, not like the, the BOGO shit that you would find at walmart costco all of that stuff oh yeah yeah avoid that paid a bit more for the quality over exactly. quantity yes jojo carbs are life good vibes <laughs> sweetheart i know what you mean robbie i remember getting an ldl particle size test as i got concerned after reading all those internet articles about the fear mongering around keto and stuff like that Alex, curious to know if anyone has experimented with alpha size multiple times. Yes. It was brought to my attention not too long ago. I never really looked into it until now. Is it worth the investment? Robbie, Lucas, Shane, anybody want to take the lead? 
Bro, you are an expert. Go for it. Uh, well, I've just finished riffing. I don't want. I didn't want to bore. The, I, the, 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 the only thing I can say is I don't know if Robert remembers this, but um, going back maybe two years ago, maybe three. I don't know. Uh, we were working on a formula for uh, Robert. I think it was Hooligan Five or something like that. I was picking mm -hmm. a brain. Definitely not the last one. I think the one before. And, you know, obviously because the fucking formula is so loaded and we like Alpha GPC, I mean, Robert has a slight preference for CDP Colleen, but nevertheless, he does always speak highly of Alpha GPC, so it's not like he doesn't like it. And we were talking about it, and I actually put in a formula Alpha size, and when I presented Robert, you know, with the full formula, um... I, I asked him, I said, like, I don't want to remove anything from the formula because I really like it and I just don't want to do any shortcuts. And apart from Alpha Size, there was another product, which ingredient, which doesn't really matter. But, uh, you know, they were brand branded. I mean, like trademark ingredients and Alpha Size was one of them. And I clearly remember that. Uh, and uh, Robert, and I said to him, my only concern is, is obviously the cost. The cost was pretty high. And when I told Robert, he... He also goes to be like, are you out of your fucking mind? You know, nevertheless, I was very stubborn because I did not want to remove anything from the formula. I really, really liked it. And, you know, obviously it's a popular product. And I remember Robert goes to me, he says, throw away alpha size. I'm like, and I remember it was a misunderstanding. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I said, I'm not going to throw anything out. And he goes to me, no, he says, contact your manufacturer and ask what is the difference in price between alpha size and alpha GPC that I remember and I, I got in touch and the, the, uh, the cost difference was, uh, it was there. It, it wasn't crazy, but it was substantial enough. And I was, I told Robert at the time what the price difference was. And he goes to me, use generic alpha GPC. I was like, uh, is it the same? He goes to me, same shit, you know? And um, I remember we used that. So I don't know like any problems with alpha size per se, but, um, you know, that just came up. That's the only experience that I have with it. And ever since then, based on Robert's recommendation, uh, we use Alpha GPC generic, never had any issues, happy with it. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Alpha Size is just a highly bioavailable form of choline supplement. So Alpha Size is the branded version of Alpha GPC uh, marketed or sold or provided by Kemi Nutra. Um, the, the benefit of going with the branded form is that you can use all the claims because they're the ones that have done the majority of the research. They also say that theirs is super clean, super pure, doesn't contain any of the impurities or fillers that you can potentially get with a generic brand of Alpha GPC. Now, the, the way around that is you make sure your manufacturer is testing the shit when they're getting it in from China, India, or wherever they're getting it. And as long as they're running those quality tests on it, you don't really need to worry about it. So it, in my opinion... Alpha size for its regular Alpha GPC, they're both 50% yields of Alpha GPC. So if you see 600 milligrams on the tub, you're getting 300 milligrams of active Alpha GPC because the rest is a, a binding agent to help it, anti-caking agent because Alpha GPC is very, very sticky and it will clump together like a motherfucker. Um, it's great for supporting acetylcholine levels, enhancing focus memory learning. Uh, there's a, two very, very small studies showing improvements in, I think, uh, reactive jump force and one other, uh, I think it's reactive vertical force, so like a counter jump movement. 
and uh, I think a lower body exercise, one other lower body exercise, and they were using, I think, 600 milligrams, but it's it's anywhere between 300 to 1,200 milligrams is, are the study dosages in alpha-GPC. Good for focus, good for memory learning. You can take it every day um, if you want to, if you're not getting enough choline through eggs, beef liver, things like that. Uh, I personally like CDP choline a little bit more just because CDP choline is kind of a two-in-one nootropic. That CDP, that citidine, converts to uridine in the brain, which has several beneficial effects on dopamine and dopamine receptors in the brain. And then plus you're getting the choline. And there's some research showing that CDP choline increases ATP synthesis in the brain uh, about 18 to 20%. They, they haven't done those exact studies on alpha-GPC. I'm inclined to believe that, that you would have, if you compared alpha-GPC versus CDP choline, you're going to have a lot of the same effects but because there's not that citidine component on alpha GPC, that's where I think you might be getting a little bit more of that, uh, you know, that neuro stim kind of feeling that, that awakening of the senses that I like. And it just, it hits a little bit harder and faster for me where alpha GPC is a little bit slower to kind of come on and give its effects, but both are, both are great. You can't really go wrong with either. Um, you have a preference one way or the other Lucas or Shane? Shane. I mean, I've always thought that those, uh, the branded ones were the, the way to go because they guess not necessarily because if they're different from other ones but again because of the claims yeah and i know that's like there are a lot of other ingredients out there that, that are kind of the same where they kind of bring that uh, the benefit of the claims and obviously brands do right. uh gain from that yeah, it's but like carnis inverse regular beta alanine or crea pure versus creatine monohydrate or something like that yeah. i mean it's yeah you you kind of get that extra security blanket and the research and all the other benefits that come with it on the brand side on the consumer side it's obviously like yeah it's i mean i think it it's kind of become what brands do most of the most of the time these days with the um they go with those branded ingredients yeah you, again you get to put the clams on the bottle and they get to have the logo daddy, on the front what <laughs> daddy look look daddy yeah, it fits. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, for me, like, I don't know. It's 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 pre-workout ingredients. Fucking hell. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. It's um, it's not like an like those pre-workout ingredients. I'm not buying a pre-workout for one specific ingredient. Yeah. Like if it was like a racetonk acid or like tocosterone, you'd go hunting for a product with that. Whereas pre-workouts, you generally just kind of get like with the Euro K with the combination they have. It's not like you're gonna change your mind because this one has this branded version and this one doesn't. You're likely to just take the whole. I take the whole pre-workout formula into account rather than just the any one ingredient usually. Yeah. Lucas, I'm all about like CDP as you. But yeah, as far as like what what Shane said, uh, <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> uh, what's the largest dose of choline you've ever taken? I guess spread across the day or at one time. <sighs> the cost is like seriously all over the place right now. That's a hard one. Then, yeah. Alpha GPC, you're saying, Robbie? Uh, between CDP choline and alpha GPC. Yeah, or you just said the cost is all over the place right now. So I was saying, like, what do, which, what do you refer to? Oh, uh, uh, I mean, pretty much, like, right now, I, I, I know that I got, uh, I got an email from, uh, from one of the manufacturers recently. And um, 
you know how they give you a quote on a certain product um and typically you know once you agree on a quote and you you have a deal they kind of like move on with the production etc etc right now even though they quote you uh, a certain number that number while in production can change so i don't remember like i think they can only commit to only four weeks so it's pretty fucked up i mean the situation i mean i got that only from one company so i cannot uh, you know vouch for anything else but one of the companies and then when i asked another manufacturer he goes i can see the point we're going to try to honor what we give you as a quote but when prices keep rising sometimes on a daily basis for certain uh, ingredients it's becoming a huge issue i mean right now i know that for a fact not all sub not all ingredients but most and especially of course uh, something like citrulline and uh uh what else and i think um well creatine obviously creatine is probably the leader creatine is just insane yeah it's gone up about a thousand percent Interest. Oh, yeah, possibly. I know that last, uh, not last year, now it's a little bit more than a year. Initially, the price for creatine monohydrate, uh, the Chinese, I mean, still good quality and all, uh, was uh, in three and change, $3 and change, like maybe $3.50, let's say. Um, and then it went to as high as seven, eight, nine, fifteen, I believe 20 now maybe even more i mean the price is absolutely insane and that's the reason why uh, we hesitate to sell right now wholesale because it's just it makes absolutely no sense and not only that like for example korea pure is not available as far as i know until the year 2023 which makes it a fucking pain in the ass so obviously you know if you have a source who's gonna provide it for you you kind of want to sit it on it and just sell direct since you're not making much money if you sell wholesale so it, it's a mess it's all over the place right now um and i think that this is going to be the case probably for at least a year maybe maybe more and even if the prices are going down i was already told you know like for example price of whey protein it went up considerably and that they do expect or at least hope that it's going to drop but it's not going to drop to what it used to be initially. So that's what I say. You were just meeting with, uh, I'm not going to say the specific manufacturer, but you were just meeting with them the other day. Can you give us, I guess, an update on what rough ballpark prices we're looking at for certain ingredients? Uh, the, the ingredients we didn't actually like go in terms of, you know, prices of ingredients, but I can tell you, for example, um, the price of a current assassin, even though I probably should not disclose the actual price, but I can tell you this, the same formula that we released, uh, we released Assassin, I believe, beginning of 2021, mm -hmm. the current uh, formula, the price is up roughly $5, which, you know, it's astronomical for the same formula. It's exactly the same formula. The formula did not change. Um, for example, um, you know, something like uh, isolate two pounds used to be roughly uh for two pounds you would pay roughly about 11 12 13 dollars right now you will be very lucky to get it for 20 bucks so you know and all that happened within a year uh creatine i already told you that's an absolute insanity and you basically take it anyway because you don't have a choice there is a serious demand for it um i know that there is a shortage right now they promise that it's going to be um back in january which is this month but i think there's still delay uh with uh, albion 
So Albion ingredients have been pretty much MIA, and Albion had a strong presence uh, in um, in resistance. So we are actually we're running out of resistance, and we had a very good amount because it's such a popular product. Um, but we are running out and probably going to be sold out within a week or so. And then we hope that we're going to get it soon. But again, I'm pretty sure we're going to be out of stock for at least some time. Um, we also wanted to release a multivitamin, which we've been sitting on a formula now for over a year. But again, some of the trademark ingredients are pretty much not available. So yeah, the industry is absolutely all over the place. And that's the reason, you know, why um, I'm actually impressed. We only had a hit with delays with two products, I believe. Um, no, actually three uh, throughout the year uh, mm -hmm. due to ingredient shortages. And that is delay with, um, you know, Lionheart, obviously. We got hit with that. So that was the one that was a major one. And then um, I also know that we got hit with Chainsaw. We releasing, I think, that the new flavor, which was in the works for the past, I don't know, year almost. And it's finally coming out, I think, in about two weeks because, again, the trademarked ingredients was just simply unavailable. And the same goes for another flavor of Enigma, which was supposed to be released in October. And now it's actually bumped up. I think we'll get releasing it in the next month or two. And all for the, you know, for the reason of ingredients. I'm pretty sure, obviously, we're not the only company dealing with it. So you're not only having problem with prices, but you also have issues with availability. Robbie, how are you standing with the citrulline aspect? So uh, we have uh, three main manufacturers. All three are making different pre-workouts for us that contain citrulline. One of them, we unfortunately going to have to stop making products containing citrulline because they go with the market, you know, price and they didn't stock up on it when the prices started to go up. So as a result, you know, they the ones who are making hooligan for us right now, the new hooligan, which also got delayed. We were hoping to release it sooner and now we actually delayed the release ourselves. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, we wanted to reorder Hooligan immediately, but when we got hit with a quote, it was just ridiculously expensive, mainly because of citrulline. So we're switching to the other company who were, I mean, they were good. So they bought so much citrulline, shitload of it, that it's going to last them probably for the next year or two. Um, and the price is a little bit, you know, more reasonable, still more expensive than it used to be because citrulline used to be under $10 and now it's double the price easily. So, you know, that affects your cost, especially, you know, again, when you have a product like, uh, like a pollen does, like morphogen does, like performance does, then you get hit with it and, you know, you just don't have a choice, but it's, it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. Yeah, that's, that's why I asked. You probably know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a big problem. But thankfully, you know, we're releasing uh, a long, long, long uh, the product that I'm probably the most excited of. We finally releasing it in two weeks, and that one does contain citrulline. And you know, thankfully, considering that we have four products, maybe five that have citrulline, we don't have issues with releasing it and making it. But just figuring out who's going to make it just because of the cost. Yeah. 
my last question is, were you like, you know, uh, I would say surprised that Resistance would be sadly that good? Uh, I was... I was very surprised for a few reasons. Reason number one, and I discussed this with Shane, I believe, prior to the release of Resistance. Resistance was released January 1st, 2021, uh, and we talked about it in 2020, and at the end of 2020, when I, when I talked to Shane, and you know, we talked about the formula, because it was the whole fucking year in the making, um, I thought that people will not be you know, paying much attention to it just because number one, it's coming from Apollo. That was the first product that was kind of different from everything else that we do. Right so, on. yeah, and you know, white container health supplement, first health supplement from a hardcore company, um, an expensive product because that fucking shit is loaded. Um, so I didn't know how people are gonna react. So we got a very, very small batch, tiny batch. I mean, I think it was maybe we had like 500 units. And when that fucking thing disappeared within, I don't know, a month or so, we were lucky to reorder thousands of units and, uh, you know, and kind of like lasted us for a while. But, and it was very good selling, but I was very surprised. I think at one point, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, the top three selling products for a pawn were um, caramel macchiato protein, uh, resistance and hooligan and you know other than hooligan the other two surprised the shit out of me yeah. uh, I just got a text from uh, Aaron at Performax he was uh, said Citrulline was $9 and now it's $25 a kilo he says yeah. 18 you're lucky to get it as low as $30 a kilo yeah um, he's, he's, he's obviously tuning and listening to us yeah um, shout but, out to Aaron for listening to yes, our thank podcast you for listening. Yeah. Thank shout you out to Aaron Thank you for shout out, shout out, big Aaron. shout out to Aaron. I know that Aaron is an extremely important and busy man, and he has a lot on his plate, especially on a Saturday. So thank you, Aaron. Yes. yes. Aaron, Aaron. The, the price scoops, the price scoops. We, we, we love you. We love you. And it's unpaid, unpaid love. Uh, anybody else got any comments, questions, smart-ass remarks for our panel? Uh, get them in. We, we just squeezed in a lot right there, so that's okay. We did. We did. Shane, what, what color dolly is that you're playing with there, Shane? Fuck's sake. She just, like, it pisses me off because she's like, put the pants on. I'm like, bro, you can put the pants on. Put the shirt on. I know you can put the shirt on, man. Bro, it's your daughter. Hey, just put your shirt on. Yeah. Can you, look, I took the pants off. Here you go. Question for Robbie. Does Body Shock sell bare knuckle or will they sell bare knuckle and Molotov coming up? That's not a question for me. Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a question for me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Luca, Luca will, will probably pick, pick them up as soon as they will be available. Yeah, Luca, Luca will pick them up. Uh, sorry, sorry for the smart-ass remark. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, honestly, uh, Luca, the, the guy behind Body Shock, is a very good friend with Lucas, and that's how the introduction happened. So far, we've been dealing with them for a couple of months, and I'll say this, it's probably, I mean, I don't deal with them, the boss deals with them. Uh, she deals with Luca and Lucas, so I kind of just observe. But from what I understand, the relationship is unbelievable, and uh, Luca really wants like, pretty much to carry, I think, the whole line. I think he probably has almost everything, because... 
I know that we just uh, released a bunch of products in December and I believe the shipment has gone to him a couple of days ago and I saw I mean roughly and I saw Black Tulip was in there and I think Bloody Hell was in there so the new products were definitely there I think actually we received Bare Knuckle before we released it officially and Body Shock was the first one uh, to basically get the order. They're just not going to have it because, you know, the shipment and everything else. But uh, it was part of the order, so they definitely got the bare knuckle. That I do remember. Molotov, I'm not sure, to be honest, because that was released just a couple of days ago. So I don't know if it's in the shipment, but I would assume that we already had it in stock. And if we, if we did, I'm pretty sure they either will have it or will have it shortly. Quick one, if you guys will be picking up some products from Body Shock site, in the comments to your order, just mention the podcast, and you will get some, like, sweet-ass fat, 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 fat discount. So, yeah, uh, I already, like, mentioned to Luca, you know, that I'm going to probably, you know, be uh, sharing the the info about the podcast and so on and you know so the people that are interested in apollo and and the products that that can you know order it through through him so if someone will be interested in like buying a, a bigger stock or something just like mention that you're from lucas or just like mention uh the final scoop podcast so yeah there you go shane yeah but dads do it better that's why you need to do the pants. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, okay, that's cute. And then like five times later, put the shirt back on. Take the shirt back off. Put the shirt back on. I'm like, bro, make up your mind. Listen to it. Mitch, just re-up on 50-50. What flavor did you go with, Mitch? That's the important question. Mitch is a troublemaker. Alex, Robbie, how's the feedback on egg protein? That probably was one of the biggest surprises of 2021. I think uh, it beat the sales of Isolate. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that just that surprised the shit out of me. I mean, we currently actually, you know, I, I asked also Robert to help us out with his input. We're working on a third, possibly even fourth flavor of, uh, of this phenomenon that we did not expect. But, uh, yeah, mostly it was just something to to kind of like deliver uh, the final blow for 2021 and release it for Christmas. And that was more or less the idea of, um, we didn't say it out loud, but the intention was that it's limited release. So I think that, uh, you know, it's probably here to stay. Here we go. Any chances of doing a five-pound tub with that, or are you going to stick with the two-pound tubs? For now, probably two pounds. Shit is expensive as fuck. More expensive than isolate. Yeah. Are you getting any requests to do five-pound tubs with the other flavors? All, you know, all, like, or for 50-50 or anything? All the time. All the okay. time. Which, like I said, you know, number one, space. Number two, uh, cost. Uh, it's cheaper than to make two pounds overall, but still, it's just it's a lot. What about you guys? Do you guys like the the bigger tubs of protein? Like, do you want a five pound tub of protein, or do you want a two pound tub of protein? You don't even need to ask this stupid shit. Me and Luke, I already know what Lucas is gonna say. Eight pounds, man. I'll buy a fifteen pound. That French brand makes a a, a fifty pound. I'd buy that too. 
True Nutrition does giant orders Bro, like that, don't they? Bags. Bags. You should yeah. invest in bags. We don't deal in these quarter filled two pound tubs, okay? We, <laughs> we ten pounds, five pounds maybe. It's a, it's a, you're spoiled with being able to get like a two pound and being like, oh, I'll try this flavor, I'll do this flavor. It's like, look, motherfucker, I'm trying to save some money and get some chocolate protein. Hell yeah. That's, that's just it. That's just it. I think that too, we, ha- we already had this conversations like we back have, in the yeah. on the podcast. And yeah. I remember, I remember you asked us the same question and me and Shay were like laughing. No, because like we are all about that wholesale. <laughs> yeah, the five Mitch, and ten I pounds. I twenty pound bag of fifty fifty. Yeah, man. But yeah, and I understand it's more cost effective. And for people that know what flavors they want to get, do you think maybe the reason we don't? And I know we, we've we've discussed this whether uh, before on the podcast. I'm trying to come at it from a different angle. Maybe what what's the reticence for brands to not offer five pound tubs more? Uh, frequently, or make that make that the default option instead of the two pound tub. Or is it is that a byproduct of the old brick and mortar model where you can fit more tubs of different flavors and more offerings with two pound tubs versus four or five pound tubs or like the ten pound bags that you can get at Costco or Sam's or something? Um, is it lack of like do they want to just have more flavors and less uh, and so more flavors and then you just have to go buy smaller packages so you can fit more on the shelf? Um, or is, is is that just a U.S. thing, and y'all get five, ten, twenty pound bags in the? In yeah, Europe man, I think it's, it's more like it's more popular in U.S. than Europe. In Europe, I hear people like don't care that much, you know, about the the flavor variety, and they're like they try to buy, you know, more protein for less price. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you, some some brands are just releasing like let's say three bags which is like chocolate strawberry and vanilla basically you know and mm-hmm. you will have like let's say 10 or 20 even lbs bags yeah. so you can like for many times i did I, I did exactly the same thing i was buying like a bag 10 or 15 lbs of vanilla and I was basically making my own flavor. Sometimes I was like mixing with cinnamon, so I had this vanilla cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I mixed it with cocoa, so I had like cocoa vanilla flavor, and and so on. You know, so yeah. you have this this options, you know. But as far as like you know, you know, to LBS, I, I said, I, like I said, it's it's more like a U.S. thing that than European. But maybe Shane will will give his input. I think Shane's uh, Shane is muted. losing a wrestling match at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Shane is muted. Mitch, got chocolate and vanilla. My local store didn't have the isolate or egg yet. Yeah, but you, you, know what, you, know, you know what, Robert? I think it's like, as far as like, you know, the two LBS, I can understand that, you know, people want variety and, you know, and they don't want like, you know, investing in like big bag, which is like, let's say 10 or 15 pounds in just like one flavor. Because if you're gonna buy, for example, like let's say cookies and cream, right? Yeah. So after like five pounds, you would say, oh, fuck me. "Cookies and cream again." It's like, nah. That's, that's why. That's why. That's why. In my opinion, if you're investing in like you know bigger bag, I would go with like more simpler flavor, and you can always enhance it. And now you know nowadays you can you also have this uh, flavor enhancers. 
they're really popular, you know, especially in the functional foods industry. So you can, uh, they are in like uh, liquid or like powder form. So you can mix mix up with your protein. So you have the uh, different different kinds of flavors, which is also really good and convenient. Yeah. My my guess, and I I'm not a market specialist or anything. I don't have any kind of insight. But my guess is back in the day, you had the two and five, like every brand always released two and five. Some released with just a five, some released with just a two. Now everyone just does a two. My guess is, and back in the day it was, okay, we're going to release a two, but it's going to be an isolate. We're going to release a two and it's going to be infused with Velocitol or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you'd give people something to like justify that higher price tag, because well, that not as cost-effective price tag, and I assume the brands would make better money on a two-pound, or it would be more convenient for them to sell a two-pound than a five-pound of a high-priced protein. Then you had people doing unique flavors. And I think the same argument came out. People would make these flavors for two pounds, not fives. And they'd be like, well, buy our twos. Mm-hmm. And then I think they started just making bigger variety of the twos. And that just seemed to flood the market with unique two pounds and great flavored two pounds to the point where people were like, well, it's not too much of a difference. And on this way, I get a whole I get a whole bunch of flavors to choose from and I can change from protein to protein without, and it's, uh, it's not as, I mean, it's still not as cost effective as a five, but it's not that different now. Whereas like in Europe and even Australia and a lot of other markets, I imagine it's like you don't, people aren't going to ship a container at two pounds. So they might, but probably more likely to do a five or a 10 because I mean, they're shipping it on weight. It's not like if they ship the unicorn flavor, it's going to cost them less. They're buying these, packing as much as they can. And that value, I think, or that cost effectiveness is then uh, amplified on the international market. Mm-hmm. So instead of being close in the US, it's even bigger international. And I think that it's, for me, it's still like no argument that I would buy a 5 or a 10 over a 2. It's not even like maybe it's a 5 or a 10. And I just don't really mind too much about the flavor. Yeah. But even in Europe, my protein has like 50 or 60 something fucking flavors. Yeah. And they do it in the five pounds. So it's, you can get that. Whereas I think in the US people have just all gone two pound and now that's just the normal way to go. Are there flavors any good? I've only tried a couple of my protein stuff and this was maybe three years ago. Now, oh, that's four like years an ago. example. You could go Olymp, you could go Cytic, you could go... They all have a shit ton of flavors. Yeah, I just, are they any good? Like my protein flavors, I've tried a couple of them and I just remember them being kind of just on the weaker side of stuff. They're not All of like the European potent. flavors are a little bit like light, okay. but then they always say that the American flavors are sweet. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's probably great for their market. And again, to be honest, if I'm looking for 10 pounds of protein, I mean, so long as it's a brand that I haven't heard anything super sketchy about. Cytec also got buckets. Yeah, Cytec got buckets. (laughs) I love that old school vibe. Nutri-Muscle, man. Those guys guys have a 50-pound bag, which is really man. Yeah, I, I think that you know what I mean, uh, go, going back to what Shane said about like variety because you do have like a lot of different fucking flavors right now and they all over the place but I think 
on one hand, that's the reason why I'm not going to justify either one, you know, way of doing it, because uh, people like variety, and I totally understand that, um, you know, that's, that's fine, and I think that when you have, like, 10 different ones, and maybe you like out of 10, six, the two pounds are very, very low risk, because, you know, it, it's not a lot, um, you know, but if you're getting, like, one in five or 10 pounds, obviously, you have to pay a little bit more, and you might be stuck, Um there's, uh, there, uh, it, I mean, this is the, the theory that we kind of like are using right now. We do have the five pounders in chocolate and vanilla. So our chocolate and vanilla in 50-50 are extremely popular. You know, I just saw Mitch posting that he would get 20 pounds, uh, you know, in, uh, in chocolate <laughs> and vanilla. But the thing is, is that um, you, and, and I said it many months ago where I said, uh, no matter what flavor you release, you will always have a person that either likes chocolate or likes vanilla. You're going to have always chocolate and vanilla person. That Those two are number one. You can fucking have the best, most delicious uh, uh, unicorn fucking Oreo or whatever the fuck you want to call it, protein. The bottom line is those are very, very unique flavors and uh, they not typically used on a daily basis, no matter what. You always have, well, not always, let, 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 let's not exaggerate. Let's say 90% of the time, you're going to have a chocolate person and a vanilla staples. person. Staples. Yeah, staples. To a lesser extent, at least in America, you're going to have peanut butter, to a lesser extent, but pretty close. But chocolate and vanilla are your staple. So if you have chocolate, a good chocolate, a popular chocolate and a popular vanilla, then by all means you can make five pounds and you should be making five pounds. I can tell you this, that five pounds, it's not like you're going to pay if the isolate right now is 20 bucks. I can tell you that because I know. Don't think that five pounds will cost you $50. That's not the case. It's not going to cost you $50. It's going to cost you substantially less. So when you compare the five pounds to, 20 pound, uh, to two pounds, the five pounds, believe it or not, is actually cheaper. To manufacture than the two pounds so your profit margins more than likely going to be as good or even better than two pounds so you're not really risking that much it's more about logistics because they take up a lot of space uh and if you want to get like you know a good price you're going to need to order at least a thousand or two thousand containers which is a lot um but because our chocolate and vanilla are so popular and a lot of people have decent chocolate and vanilla then five pounds in popular flavors, I think definitely justified. Like I know our peanut butter cookie is very, very popular and people been, that's like one of the most popular questions. When will you have five pounds? So we were definitely considering it. Now with five pounds, we were back going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, should we discontinue and be like other brands having only two pound containers or should we remain stay with five pounds and i think you know what shane said right now and what carolina said last night actually it makes me inclined to believe that we should not discontinue the five pound chocolate and vanilla a they sell great b they in demand they popular and c is what shane said that a lot of companies are kind of going away from five pounds so why should we be like everybody else you know probably should just stay and do what we do so, you know, I'm actually inclined to believe that maybe we should consider finally a five pound of, you know, products like uh, peanut butter cookie and perhaps caramel macchiato because it is a very popular flavor. 
but uh, you know, if somebody is entering the market or somebody wants to release shitload of flavors and they very kind of like not uh, you know staples like Lucas said, not traditional, then yeah, two pounds probably makes sense because I assure you, you know, the if somebody runs out of two pound chocolate, because Robert, uh, what is your favorite? For example, a pound uh, chocolate or vanilla? You like chocolate? Chocolate, yeah, chocolate. Close. So it's chocolate so, and caramel macchiato. Yeah, so let, let's go with chocolate because it's traditional. So chocolate will last you two pounds. Will last you what? A month, right? If that, yeah. If yeah. that, but if you're gonna go with something that is a little bit off because you want to try something different here and there, that probably two pounds will last you two, possibly even three months or more. So now from a business perspective, uh, you know, you're going to buy from me chocolate on a monthly basis, but you're going to buy something that is, even if it tastes good, but something sweeter or different, maple syrup or whatever the fuck the flavor is, mm -hmm. you're going to buy from me one container every couple of months, maybe, because you might switch to another non-traditional flavor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two pounds makes sense in those. I think two pounds for America is just the way to go. Yeah, competition hit there is like ridiculous anyway. Like in Europe, yeah, I think that it's still fierce, but like you probably have it per country. Like Cytec would dominate like Hungary and Olymp and Poland, and like whereas America, you got like a shitload of guys making five ten pounds. So it's probably not as competitive to make a five ten pound. But yeah. I mean, shit, I'd still buy a ten pound, twenty pound. But if you're in the US. That's just what everyone's doing. So you'd seem odd. I think Ghost is a great example. They haven't had any two pound, uh, any anything over a two pound except the five pound mm. that they did for um, is it Vitamin Shop, I think, or is it four pound? Yeah, like, and that was like a, that's their heaviest serving protein powder as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, a, yeah, I mean, I would stick two pounds. Don't see why not. They just conditioning consumers to buy a two pound over a five or a ten. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, if I go there, I'm still looking for a five, but that's just me. Mitch, need some input on a decent protein bar in the U.S. Any recommendations? Not knowing Mitch, he's probably he means uh, quality, high quality. Since I'm no expert on this, this is for Shane and Lucas. <laughs> Bearbells. Oh yeah, Bearbells is very good actually. I like yeah, it too. All over, they're all over the US now. Yeah, Bearbells. I like the one bars. Like O N E. The one I mean, I've always I liked those. Like the one bar. I don't they're okay. I mean they're good. Like what are you looking for? Like, do you want something that's like a candy texture? Do you like the old kind of yeah, like candy. tacky, chewy kind? No, I want do you candy. want like the Whole Foods tasting of the authentic no, bar or the, the MTS whatever the hell it's called? What's it called? Outright bar. Outright bar. Yeah, I just I, I, those are okay. I just I don't like those. Sandy loves them. I, the authentic bar and the outright bar, I don't like. I like the one up nutrition the, bars. The those are good. Bar is like a great blend of candy and outright. Those those little things they throw in there. Fuck, that's good. It's so good. the the one bars the one bars are hit and miss, but they got some some pretty good flavors. Yeah. For example, the almond bliss is probably one of my favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, the Robert Irvine bars aren't too bad. Yeah, um, but they are like loaded, loaded in fuckload ingredients. Yeah. But also, like you can, I, I think that in US you can also grab Carbculus from Grenade. They're like, I don't know what they're on and off. They're available. Yeah, I they, tried they them a couple years back. Are. I thought they were insipid. They come and go, but they always have like. Uh, 
different selections so the flavors aren't yeah. the same yeah but i i could be wrong here but i think also like obviously time plays a part and i know grenade tried to get into the us or has been in the us for a while so i think if you got a carb killer that had been on the shelf for like a year or two they're drastically different to like a fresh they got a strong presence in Canada, if I can recall, because I got I know the Canada's functional rules must be like way easier because they get all the European shit. I don't understand. Like I always see they have the Mars over there too. Pretty pretty much similar laws to uh to to us. That's why. Because uh, US, I know is that's why Grenade has trouble because it's not as not that easy to get in. But yeah. Canada must be like, bring them on. Shane, uh, two questions about Bear Bells. Number one, what else that company does, or do they do just bars? And the second they one, do. they do more. Yeah, man. Shakes. Like ice creams. Oh, they okay. Shakes. And uh, oh, the shake is fucking ridiculous. Shake is far. Yeah. What about uh, like the bars? Do they have like only one type, or is it like different types of like in terms of? macronutrients like yeah i mean like for example like Redcon has mre and like different shit do these guys have like different types of bars and how many fucking flavors do they have they do have the types but they're not like it's very like it's not the us how they do high calorie look like they're all their bars are kind of geared towards like just being great taste high protein like, but you said they have different types so what are they subdivided yeah, not, not in the us so they have like a one that's got a gooey core down the center um they have the new soft protein bar which is sort of more marshmallow base yeah um the new they have these snacks, but they don't like they're more they're more focused on like in europe most brands i don't know of any brand who would come out with a snack that's like oh this is like this one but it's got more carbs they're all about like we don't like we just want high protein, low calorie, but we're gonna give it to you with a gooey center. We're gonna give it to you with a peanut butter top or whatever. So they change the structure and the build rather than the goal of the snack. Would you say they concentrate uh, more on taste or uh, quality? Both. Both? I mean, I feel like quality is not really like a driving factor. Like they don't say we test this every day. We put this, this and this, we have this ingredient. They primarily, and like, even even when you like open the open the you know the 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 bar, it looks and you know uh, really appealing, you know and you know smell, bro. It's it's just like uh, a great experience in 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 general. So yeah, their caramel. If you can get a caramel flavor of this, mm. like it's it's as a close bear to bells the real thing. Yeah, beer bells. Caramel I always just called them barbells, but they do pronounce themselves as beer bells. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fourteen like, grams of sugar alcohols is a lot for a protein bar. I mean, that you have two of those, you and you're going to be. Forget, man. Uh, you forget. We're not giving a shit about our <laughs> what's going in. We just want it to taste good. Yeah. You missed the, you missed the point, and that's that's the case with like a lot of those bars in like that region. They'll they'll put collagen, some collagen in there, and I know, yeah, but uh, like. American consumers don't, they're like, oh, I want just whey or milk. But European, like, I've never seen anyone be like, oh, no, there's collagen in here. They don't really, they care more about the taste and just getting in that protein than, like I said, like, oh, it needs to be whey isolate or whatever. Yeah, and, the, and at the same time, 
you don't smash like three of them bars yeah. in just like one go. <laughs> it, it should be just like, a, you know, like a dessert or something. That's basically it. And something that's going to replace your like, you know, sweet tooth. So well, I, I think would that... always do it if I was like out and I was like, I don't yeah, want to go get exactly. a meal. I don't have anything on me. Yeah. There's a carb killer at the store. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah, exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. And you know it's 200 calories for 20 grams of protein. Yeah, and that's so, I mean, bad. two of them are roughly a meal, maybe a little more on the calorie side, but like, right. and they're quite filling as well. That protein bar, chewy, always kind of makes you feel like you're eating more than you should. So, mm -hmm. have you all messed around? Tried the uh, PES bars at all? I have not. Yeah, quite, I tried them. Bad. I had the very first batch. Not, I haven't had any since. I also had the first, the, the first batch. Yeah. Yeah, I tried any of those. They must be pretty good in, if they kept them around. In build, they reminded me of uh, of a quest bars, but they were like a bit, you know, softer. Yeah, I wasn't and nuts about like these. A, I don't like these kind of crispy well, combos were, that much. Those were those are like the best rice crispy style bar. Well, I like you know the, the O snap bars. I were recently, good. I recently tried the rule one, uh, crispy bar. Uh, oh yeah. Rice Krispies, really damn good. And I tried yeah. like two flavors, vanilla and the chocolate. Pre pretty damn good. I was really surprised. Well, well, Robert, there'll be. I'll tell you. BSN came out with one. I think. Do they have a vanilla flavor there? This is birthday. I'm sure they've got some other flavors. They have a vanilla marshmallow, and O Snap launched with a vanilla marshmallow. I do like the vanilla. The O Snap ones were good. O Snap are good. Oh. Yeah. I'll tell you a story right after this. Uh-oh. I mean, I had the dude from O-Snap on the podcast, <laughs> I don't know, a year and a half ago, and a while back. But yeah, all right, I'm curious to see what you got to say. Oh, maybe uh, I didn't talk to you. <laughs> you what? No, nothing. Yeah, yeah, see, okay. vanilla and marshmallow, yeah. I like how it starts, I will tell you a story. <laughs> yeah, vanilla marshmallow. Yeah, and O-Snap's first one was vanilla marshmallow. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. 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 Uh, <laughs> while I've got the screen shared, this is something we get a lot of questions about uh, N-acetylcysteine. And so this just came across the newswire within the last day or so from uh, Nutri Ingredients USA. Yeah. Uh, the NPA chief gave an update on what they did. Uh, so it says, while we remain concerned about the NFDA's inaction in several areas, we're equally worried about the agency's overreach on dietary ingredients such as N-acetylcysteine. NPA filed a lawsuit in December of last year challenging FDA's wrongful application of the exclusionary clause of DSHEA regarding the dietary supplement NAC. NPA is asking the industry and industry trade groups to join our lawsuit and present a united front against the dangerous precedent FDA's unlawful actions have set. We firmly believe that this is not just an NPA issue, but one that impacts the entire industry. We look forward to working with the industry as we await the outcome of our lawsuit, and we will continue to review all possible legal options. Hell yeah. Good. Take it to the man. Let's keep our anacetylcysteine. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I need that two grams in my life. <laughs> you take two grams of NAC a day? Yeah, almost. I take between 1200 and 1800 So, yeah, I guess I'm bumping right up there with you. Yeah, so we are basically on the same page. 
Hi, G. Did Gerhard jump in here? Gerhard, if you posted a comment, nothing's coming through on my end, man. Uh, feel free to come in. That goes, that's housekeeping for everybody else. If your comment's not getting through, uh, feel free to post it up again. Bear Bells, it is. You go. I enjoyed the USN bar. More retreat. Pretty yummy. I tried one of yeah. those. Trust back. bars. Trust bars. Yeah. Oh, the trust bar. I had the cookie yeah. one. Also very good. Justin, here's a good question. Since pre-workouts are so popular, why are no companies making 50 to 100 serving tubs of pre-workout? It's the whole two-pound conversation again, isn't it? <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's, um, yeah, just, um, you know, you have, uh, people are jumping from pre-workout to pre-workout pretty much on a monthly basis. I would say, you know, there are so many of them. Yeah. You have your, uh, certain group that pay basically, you know, maybe diehard hooligan fans or diehard C4 fans to are repeat buyers. But, uh, more than anything, you know, oh, my friend told me that this pre-workout is a KKS. So they're switching around all the time. And I mean, the cost of maybe a lower, um, cost, uh, pre-workout, like maybe perhaps C4 and it's loyal followers. Maybe that's the way I'm not saying that's the way to go, but maybe a possibility, but, uh, you know, doing something with a high cost, something like, you know, like, like Morphogen does, like we do, you know, like Performix does, so inspired. I just don't think that it's um, it's cost effective, and I think it's going to be too expensive for the companies, and I think it's going to be just um, not very, not saying profitable, but I don't think it's going to pay off in the long run, because then you're going to have to release at least two or three minimum different flavors, and it's becoming a mess. CJ25895, thoughts on Norvaline with a study on its extremely negative side effects, but the study saying it's a bogus study. Uh, so for the listeners that have no clue what in the hell that CJ is talking about, Norvaline is a derivative of the branched amino acid valine, typically used in pre-workouts because it can inhibit the activities of arginase, which is the enzyme that metabolizes arginine, which is the main substrate fuel that fuels the citrulline arginine uh, nitric oxide pathway in the body. So by sub supplementing with Norvaline, you're kind of doing the same thing that you do with Huprazine and that you're prolonging the activities of that amino acid. So which should in theory lead to longer, stronger elevations in nitric oxide, better, stronger muscle pumps, you know, longer lasting pumps, fullness, better nutrient, blood flow, oxygenation, ATP generation, all that other good stuff. There was a study that came out I think late 2018, early 2019, showing that when they put some L-Norvaline on these neurons, it made the, you know, the neurons shit the bed and it was toxic to them and all of that stuff. People then extrapolated this to that Norvaline is toxic to the brain. You're going to cause all kinds of damage to your brain health and all of that stuff. Dose, dose makes the poison. We got to remember that. Plus, you're not going to be, when you take a supplement orally, you're not shooting it straight into your brainstem and killing your neurons with pure L-Norvaline. You're taking, it's going to get digested, metabolized, all that good stuff. It's going to go through the liver, then get into circulation. Uh, the question is, is Norvaline even that effective of a nitric oxide ingredient? I'm of the opinion, not really. Um, it's, it's okay. There's better options out there, uh, better pump ingredients, in my opinion. So I don't say it's a bogus study. I just, you got to understand where it's coming from, the methodology used, the application of the study, and, you know, expound on its 
findings from there. So kind of understand what they were doing in the study and how that translates to you in the real world. Just same thing, like when you see these studies that people that are diabetics or have cardiovascular disease have elevated levels of branched chain amino acids in the bloodstream. Does that mean that BCAs are giving you cancer or diabetes? No. There's dysregulation or there's dysmetabolism going on because if you're a sick and unhealthy individual that is not properly able to utilize those amino acids. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Norvaline? Now, all, all I remember is, is that maybe three to five years ago, uh, it was used pretty much just like S7 in pretty much most pre-workouts. Um, I was never really impressed with it, to be honest. I've, and I feel like lately it's been barely used. I mean, I, I think it kind of faded away. When, some, uh, when something fades away, Regardless of studies or anything like that, there is a reason for it. It's an expensive, I mean, not cheap, but inexpensive, relatively ingredient. And when it fades away, which I feel S7, even though it's cheap shit, it will fade away too. Um, why, do think, or why do things fade away? Because people lose um, trust in those ingredients and because they don't believe in them. So again, this has nothing to do with science and proof and studies. Uh, just with, you know, uh, kind of a case of labels or just labels, like TJ says, and people just kind of like turned away from it. But uh, to prove that uh, my theory is correct is, again, we have in the last couple of years, a couple of pump ingredients that came into a scene. Uh, you know, you have self-load, the most recent one. You obviously have S7, which is fairly recent one. Um, you have a couple of them. Uh, I mean, of course, Bruce Neller's ingredient also that came on the scene this past year. So you have a few of them. Uh, so you would think, okay, so newer is better, but not necessarily so, because if you take, for example, uh, the good old citrulline, it's still a staple and it will remain a staple for a long time. In fact, uh, our industry experts recently criticize that companies are using citrulline, citrulline, citrulline. Well, the reason why they're using citrulline is because it fucking works. It's proven. It's a safe bet that you're going to get results from it, that you're going to get exactly what you want to get from it. So that's going to stay. Uh, we can take, for example, nitrates. Nitrates been around for a while. Why are they still used, even though they're not really cheap? They are used because they're proven to work. That's the bottom line. So why is Norvaline pretty much faded away? Because uh, the consumer lost its trust, because it's not a very popular ingredient, because it just doesn't maybe, perhaps doesn't deliver what it promised to deliver. And, uh, you know, test of time is a great indication if something is uh, good or not. And that's the reason why old movies still more popular than the newer ones. That's just the way it is. And this is not a science explanation. This is pretty much, you know, Concrete facts. Yeah. Who said citrulline is shit? Like who said it's been used too much? It's, it, no, 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 no. It wasn't. It, it, it's. It's not. It, it was not said. I mean, I don't give a fuck. So I'll say it. Um, there was, uh, I guess, an award by uh, you know <laughs> industry leaders, oh. Price Plow, where they said you know that a certain company is very innovative and they create like, you know, um, new products and they're a little bit edgy and more creative and they do things slightly different, which is true. I mean, I can say it, it's Glaxon and, you know, I, I can, I can definitely agree with that to an extent, 
and they said that um, Pricewaterhouse said that uh, you know not like the other companies who are using citrulline, beta alanine, and, and stuff like that. Oh, and it was nice yeah. So you know it was kind of like Glexen kissing ass while other companies like kind of like trying to bring them down. Look, you're all doing the same shit, etc., etc. And by using citrulline, but citrulline is used, like I said, because it fucking works. Plain yeah, and I simple. Think- I, I probably have to agree with Pricewell on that thing. Not, not like I, I don't know if they mean it this way, but whenever I get a supplement, like someone will say, "Oh, I got a groundbreaking pre-workout." I get it maybe every two days. I'm gonna do things differently. I'm gonna, you know, really, really give this a go and try and break out in the supplement industry. And I'll be like, "Okay, send over the information. We'll take a look." And the pre-workout is fucking six grams of citrulline, three grams of beta alanine. 350 caffeine, taurine, betaine, 2.5. And I'm just like, it's this, it, it's like, I get that those work, but it's, it feels kind of shitty oh. and boring when copy paste. Big, like it just, yeah, yeah, copy paste. I think, like, I, I think like that's probably what price power is meaning. Uh, like, it's not that they're bad. It's just that when you see them over and over again, it's like, okay, I get that. Like, if you bring out a pre-workout that one other person has, Okay, you, there's two that are similar, but if you go with that citrulline, beta alanine, beta, you're like one of one thousand, two thousand right now. It's just there's so many that do the same. You, you know what? I'll, I'll agree with what you said, but only to an extent. And the reason for that is because you just said yourself, uh, you know, maybe an hour ago, that uh, you know you're taking the overall pre-workout as a formula. You know, yeah. whether it works for you or it's not. On paper, on label, certain things might look impressive, but at the end of the day, yes, it is how those ingredients come together. It is like, does the pre-workout deliver what you want? You know, like for example, Unbound pre-workout doesn't have any pump ingredients, but that was not because they were cheap. I mean, the pre-workout is still expensive, but they chose, it was by choice, not to have pump ingredients. Just like, uh, you know, clearly Lionheart, which is intended for endurance, is not going to have any pump ingredients either. So you can design a pre-workout as you want. So when you take a pre-workout, regardless of what it has, regardless, regardless how much you are impressed or not impressed with a pre-workout, and this is the only part because I still not fully agree with TJ when it comes to labels or just labels, because I know what I want from my pre-workout. I mean, I know for my needs what I need. And uh, if it's manufactured properly, obviously it will deliver. Um, and that's the reason why we look at certain like Hooligan or Assassin or Rice or, uh, you know, the new Caged, and we are impressed with the formula without even trying it because, you know, it's what's on paper. But then when we try it and, you know, we know whether it works for us or it doesn't work for us. So while I'll agree that a lot of companies using citrulline, number one, again, citrulline, in a certain dosage, which we discussed already, a minimum of about three grams up to 10 grams or whatever, it will deliver. And you know exactly what it will deliver and it will deliver good. The rest of it is a formula. Like you said, again, you're taking it as a formula. You're not taking just a scoop of citrulline, you're taking a formula. And you know, certain formulas will work better than the other formulas. Now, is it impressive? Um, Not even impressive. Is it um, respectable? The fact that somebody like, for example, Glaxon will take and do a little bit non-traditional approach. Again, you look at the label and we're talking just about the label and you will say, wow, the label looks different. 
the supplement facts have ingredients some of us don't even know what they are but it looks impressive because it's different so different is always good now at the end of the day if you take glaxon for example and you take another pre-workout that has a little bit more traditional ingredients but it's properly dosed you know you can do say a blind test and see which one will deliver not on paper but in performance better there is a very 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 good possibility i'm not claiming so but there is a very good possibility that actually the traditional one that you know what you're guessing without experimenting will actually deliver a better performance than the one that is um, just looks different, so to speak. So I think that innovation should always be uh, applauded. Uh, it should be gutsy. It should be, you know, the fact that you're willing to do something that others are not. To me, that's always very, I, I respect that. I respect that greatly. And I respect that about Glaxon as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it will come down to performance. So while they were saying that, uh, you know, not like every boring, but it's not really boring if you think about it, because while maybe the first one always, or in most cases, reads citrulline, the only reason why it reads citrulline is because citrulline typically has the highest dosage of anything else. Yeah. And that's just the way it's listed. But everything below citrulline can come different. The formula will come different. And in fact, it can have 10 grams of citrulline. And you will agree with me on this one, I'm sure. It can still be a shit product. I mean, you know, because other than citrulline, maybe it doesn't have anything else. So, you know, as a formula, it, it might be shit. But it might have only 4 grams or 5 grams of citrulline. Like, you know, Assassin has only 4. And I remember Inspired used to do a couple of products with only 5. Yet the product was absolutely fucking phenomenal. You know, uh, I think Inspired also takes a bit of a, not, not risk, but maybe a little bit more. And I don't want to use innovation because it's going to make certain companies, including Apollo, look like we are the shit and everybody else is garbage because it's not true. You know, we just, we, and I, and the reason why I'm including myself in this list, Morphogen could be included in this list too, is because we don't mind doing something that is a little bit off. But we are taking a risk. We are taking a risk and we're delivering something, but sometimes even using more traditional ingredients that although proven to work, the product still can be very innovative. Like I always will take credit and rightfully so for putting more caffeine than anyone else initially, at least, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, recently, I think uh, Ryan from Fitness Informant said that anything more than three or four or 500 grams of caffeine, in so many words, he basically criticized that. But uh, the question remains, why? You know, uh, you can't criticize something unless it's harmful and it's not harmful. You can't. Well, it's a personal it's a personal view. And yeah. for for example, Lucas will take a thousand grams, I'm pretty sure, of a pre-workout without even blinking. Why? Because you, you need, he likes you need, a, you need to make an R1200 capsules. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, you know, I mean, and will I be wrong releasing that product? No, I'm not breaking the law. I'm not really using toxic, uh, you know, amounts of it. Um, it's harmful for certain people that shouldn't be taking caffeine at all. For example, yesterday I talked to an athlete, a female athlete, and she said that she does not use any pre-workouts with caffeine because even half a cup of coffee, which what is like 30, 40 you know, grams of caffeine or whatever it is, milligrams of caffeine, she said it fucks her up. So somebody like that, 
should not even be taking 100 or 200 milligram of caffeine. So, you know, we all are different. And uh, I think that innovation should definitely be a very, very welcome thing. Uh, you know, it should always be there. But it's just sometimes traditional does work. I mean, we've been using the same fucking isolates for God knows how many years. And, you know, somebody recently asked me a question about creatine. And he goes, creatine HCL is far superior than, than creatine monohydrate. And I'm like, I said, says fucking who? And he goes, well, you know what? Jim Stepani said that HCL is a lot better and he is using that, you know? And I, I, I found that the arguing is absolutely pointless because that person is so brainwashed without any data or anything, even though creatine monohydrate has the most studies and we all know about it. And it's very, very traditional nothing innovative about it and there are a shitload of other forms of creatine that came after but none of them realistically is superior to creatine monohydrate that's that's why i uh i don't like you know, try to like be negative about this whole thing you know use it usage of the ingredients and so on because everyone has his own brain and everyone decides what what he can do and so on that's why our market is so different because you have on the market like like <laughs> and monohydrate and and you also have a pre-workouts with different dosages from 600 up to like you know 800 and so on so if ryan from fitness informant uh, you know wants to play on like three to four hundred milligrams of caffeine and so be it i'm not like yeah i'm not i'm not on his level if, if that's his preference and you know it's not my, you know, call or, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, judge him for, for uh, you know, using like lower dosages. And then I will say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger boss because I'm using like 600 to 1000 milligrams of caffeine. No, not man. That's that, that's that's not about that. You know, no one is trying to brag or like, you know, be like a big boss or like it's not like a dick measuring contest, you know, here. It's it's all about your own preferences and what you, what you like to do and that's basically it you know that's the I don't I just don't like when someone is like you know putting this like this fucking opinion and making it all general that you know it's like uh, like like a like a be a, like a leader of the industry and saying don't put six hundred milligrams of caffeine to the pre workout. Fuck that! I think most most pre workouts are all vi like are all very different. Like, yeah, like Robek has used the traditional ingredients, but he does it in a different way. Glaxon does it in an even more different way. Ghost does it in their way, and I think I was just talking about the brands that do it in in exactly the same way. Oh yeah, okay, understood. Like, yeah, no, that's true. Brands that will have like like it's not necessarily that they're not going to work because they will work. Kind of like they've all built on that outlift pre gym original like they're all kind of gone with that core set of ingredients and it's not that they're not going to work it's mostly that we've seen that for the last five years and so with all these different pre-workouts out there like apollon i mean you have three drastically different pre-workouts glaxon has three different pre like you it's encouraged you to want more and if you see something that you've already seen before you're going to be less inclined to be like okay yeah it is going to work but i do know what that like and i've been there and like 
even if it is a different manufacturer, different roles, different ingredients, you still get some idea of what it's going to be like. So you're going to be less inclined to go with something that you've probably had three, four years ago, as opposed to a, an Apollon or a Glaxon. Yeah, plus every brand has its own style, right? And yeah. that's why, you know, that's why the market too. That's why when, for example, you know, Apollon is releasing a product, you, at some point, you know what you can expect. Because you know, you know already what what's yeah. what's the what what is their level on or what what is their mindset. Same with the Glaxons and with, same with uh, with Ghost and so on. Oh, by the way, speaking of Ghost, uh, congrats on the uh, Decade Brand of the Year. That's that's an awesome achievement. So hell Mary, hell yeah, awesome stuff, guys. Props to you, Dan. Awesome job. So great 2021 year. Awesome collapse and so on. So brand of the decade goes, goes, goes. So yeah, I, I need to give that a massive shout out from from me personally. So yeah, I, I almost forgot. I almost almost. Forgot. I mean, you can't forget, man. You can't. Forget. Yeah, we can't. For, we can't forget at all. We can't forget about mentioning ghosts in, in this podcast. So. We truly, you know, truly, truly, truly con have to congratulate Dan and the entire team. So, yeah, big shout out. I, I have to admit, Lucas, that your level of sarcasm has has, has become better over the last two years. Bro, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like blown away. So I, I had to, I had to like give the, give the props, you know. I will say, if anyone asks, I did not get any money for this. If I did. Much like I said to Robert, I can show you my car. It's not very nice. I have two different back tires to my front tires now because I didn't want to replace all four. So I don't have it. I'm still poor, by the way. I'm still uh, poor too, you know. I'm, I still, <laughs> I still, I still live with my mom's, and you know, in, in the basement. So yeah, and as you can see, I, you know, you don't even have any roads. There's, there's no, there's no light. The internet connection is fucked, basically. So you have to turn yeah, the lights down to power the router. Yeah, I need to. I need to save save money at some point. So yeah, you know when uh, when when the brand of the decade, like the nominations, came out and stuff, I was like, I'm not even gonna try to do this. Like I had a rough, maybe, and I I don't even want to call it an opinion. Just kind of like a rough idea, you know, of two or three companies that uh, I believed, um, you know possibly can 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 take it and to be honest with you ghost was one of them like i saw it as a possibility for sure so no matter what like i wasn't like really surprised or anything like that and uh, um th there are some people who agree with it there are some people who disagree with it i will say this though and um you know you might find my level of sarcasm on this one but i <laughs> i i just have to so uh, um I don't know why I'm saying this, but I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, when, uh, when Ghost won uh, Brand of the Decade, I actually sent um, Dan a text message. And it was a sincere text message. Um, Shane knows about it. And uh, I congratulated Dan. And I, I, I meant every word I said um, that I think that Ghost is definitely one of my favorite companies in terms of uh you know when we talk about innovation 
you know, when we talk about something that is a little bit out of the box and something that, you know, they, they definitely, you can tell that they work very, very hard and you can definitely see that they've taken things slightly different than anyone else. Maybe not necessarily, um, you know, when it comes to ingredients or anything like that, I would still call them very traditional in terms of when it comes to formulations. But when it comes to presentation and, and you know, an impact they had on a market and the industry, I mean, it, it is impressive. I can't say anything else. So I had to congratulate him to congratulate him. But I did specify that I'm congratulating him on a de uh, on a brand of the decade um, title that he got from Stacked. I, I it was very important to me because the other so-called titles uh not just in my opinion but in general i believe are shit they worth nothing you know absolutely nothing they absolutely meaningless so regardless you know who agrees or disagrees with ghost winning or not winning at least that title came from you know from no sponsorship no money i know for a fact and uh you know it was a title that was awarded based on whatever Shane and I, I guess Nikki believed in and based on their principles and their views. So uh, to me, that, uh, that title is, is actually, you know, awarded rightfully, whether I agree or disagree. Um, but uh, the other ones, no. That's a beautiful gesture. Yeah, no, I, he, he actually wrote me back and it was a very, very nice text message. He thanked me. Uh, he did compliment upon, you know, um, I, I can't say that it was a, you know, any, it was a very friendly exchange. And I really, you know, I congratulated him from the bottom of my heart. Like I said, when it comes to brand of the, of the decade, we can all agree or disagree on, on so many possibilities. But I know it was awarded rightfully, and uh, I know that it was an actual award, and he won that award. So I felt, as somebody who was then was always very respectful to me and always very nice, uh, I felt like, you know, if I was in his place, I would like to be congratulated by people within the industry because, you know, I mean, when you compete for a certain award, for any award, it's a competition. So yeah, that's... Class and, class and sportsmanship should be present. So even though I wasn't nominated, uh, I felt like, you know, uh, it came from a good place. You know, Shane believed that he deserved to win. Um, and I believe that it was my job to congratulate somebody who was always respectful to me, even with all the shit that I talked about, you know, Ben sucking his dick and shit like that live on air. You know, I thought that he deserved to be congratulated, uh, congratulated. So I congratulated him and I actually meant it wholeheartedly. And he was very gracious. And I just, it was important for me to make sure that I do not congratulate him on something that I don't believe he won. But that's it. Yeah, you know, we got this platform. That's why I, that's why I did this on public. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, from my perspective, I also want to like said like, shout out to ghost for like outstanding year uh, yeah. 2021 and also 2020 because they've won like you know uh two years straight like a uh, brand of the, of the year via some other sites 
but but yeah, you know, it's it was their their they thought, you know, and their nominees and so on. Everyone has a right for uh, for nominations. So so yeah, but I just wanted to say, you know, big shout out and congratulations for the brand of the decade. It's something it's something different. Uh, if I would be, you know, I need to be always honest and hundred percent transparent. I didn't have ghosts running for the first place. I had, which, uh, which is fine. Which is fine. I had, I had, I had other brands, you know, just because of other things that I took into consideration when I was like taking the brand of the decade. But it was just like, you know, uh, I talked with Shane, you know, about that, and he, 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 he provided me his, you know. His pointers are provided in mine, and that's basically it. You know, it's at the end, it was his decision. I respected that, and yeah, and life goes on. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but at the end, uh, we we love this industry. We are like a fanboys. Yeah. Me and you, like, love it so much. That's why we do this podcast every week, and we try to like provide people. Good solid feedback on on, on on this industry. So yeah, once again, summing all up and ending this fucking banter. Shout out to Dan and the boys from Ghost. Yeah, Shreedhard, Shane announced this on uh, Stacked uh, on Monday or Tuesday of this week, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, Naughty Boy was International Brand of the Year. Bombard was Functional Brand of the Year. Newcomer was um, Unbound. Brand of the Decade was Ghost. I had another one. Functional foods? Ener energy drink. Hey, Bombay was functional. Energy drink was oh, yeah. raised. Brand of the Year is announced tomorrow. Wait. No, two days. Tomorrow Sunday. Monday. Mm-hmm. Subs on deck. Sean Cluder was recently at Core Nutritional Gym. Do you think that Core will sign him as an athlete? And do you think Core needs an athlete like that? We were just talking about this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I was told by somebody actually yesterday who is friendly with, um, with, with the insiders on this, and he said that apparently, again, I don't know if it's true or not, but pretty reliable source, uh, that Core was interested indeed in Sean uh, for quite some time. That's um, not my opinion, uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, and apparently, you know, that there is... Uh, there is a possibility of that, but again, I have no knowledge because to me it was always said. Uh, uh, to me, it was always, you know, Doug Miller was the face of Core. You know, he has the look, he has the knowledge, he has the charisma. I believe he's well spoken. He's very confident. He's uh, also he's jacked. He, he's very proud. Um, so you know, it's. Uh, I honestly, if Sean is signed. I won't be surprised because he's visiting them and because he's there. So clearly it's a high possibility, but if it wasn't the case, I would be very, very surprised because I always thought that, you know, core is uh, doc is the face of the company and they are doing pretty good, but either way, if that's the case, good luck. What's the point of inviting a champ? If you don't want to do any business, I, I don't know if he, I don't know if he was invited or not. I mean, I don't know. Instagram. I'm joking. Instagram. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. He said, uh, he's like, oh, I heard they had some a cool gym. And obviously he was on the podcast afterwards. So I'm just yeah. wondering if maybe it's just as casual as... Because Sean, Sean isn't with the brand right now, is he? No. 
Yeah, so I mean, you get this with a lot of guys. Like they start going out doing collabs here and there with when they're not signed. So I mean, it might be as natural as him just going to the gym. It does seem fishy. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, but, five six hour drive from New Jersey to go to train at the gym. It's a little weird. Is that how yeah, far away it is? Yeah. Fuck. I was I was probably I think I was the first guy that like they sent the the message that you know that uh, Doug posted on our group chat. And I was I saw like, it, but I just didn't think. Honestly, honestly, I was I was pretty excited because I think that Sean fits the brand very good, and you know, uh, Doug has has a pretty good line going on and so on, and there's also like a. A great team chemistry so yeah I, plus you know i i think that sean is a is a great athlete and can be a great ambassador for the for every brand uh so yeah i wish him all the best and I th- I if this if will come to uh, to F- uh I, think, I think he needs to find a home sean because he's got that stigma now of just how many brands he's been with like four or five in the past well like, yeah years. yeah like I, I, I like Evan and Animal, and I even did go to Prime for that. Like, he did you did you heard year. that he resigned? Yeah, yeah, he resigned. But like, I mean, how long has he been with them? Right? Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous. He's fuck it. He's their athlete, and he made it. Like, he, he made just like uh, like it was like I believe it was like a one or two year uh, change. Yeah, but kind of like how and you had steve cook with optimum obviously he's not with them anymore but like you have these guys that stick with these brands and it doesn't only i think it strengthens the brand and the athlete because yeah if you're a guy who believes in a brand for so long your fans are going to be like like even the skeptical ones will be like oh shit he probably really does use this otherwise he would have been gone yeah but but you know what i mean uh, the funny thing is is that uh this is not a coincidence if you think about it, as far as I know, he signed a one-year deal. I also know that unofficially, Evan Santapani retired from bodybuilding. But uh, but the thing yeah. is, is that uh, he's been uh, with um, he's been with them. If I'm not mistaken, now going on for 14 years, 13 or 14 years, he's been yeah, with he Animal. Had little, he had that little break, though. Right? Yeah, he had a little break. <laughs> but uh, if he had if, a side if we, chick for a little, he went to prime, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you take that longevity that he had with them and, you know, that they stuck with him and how loyal Animal was to him and he is to Animal, well, uh, it's impressive. But um, it's not a coincidence, I think, because um, this is not the first time Animal has it. They had it with Vinny uh, Galanti. Vinny Galanti has been with Animal, I believe, for even longer. I believe he's Frank been with them for about, them for a while as well, yeah, I think like 16 or 17 years. So that's a very, very long time. But I agree with Shane. I hate when I absolutely hate when athletes are jumping from brand to brand. I think it makes, I think it makes them look worse than a brand, though. And I'll explain it's not really why. Their fault. Like it's not necessarily it, their fault, though. Like sometimes they just. It, it depends. Like, it, it depends how you look at it. But I know, like for example, Vinny. If you look like I, I, I mean, obviously Vinny is from New Jersey. I know him pretty well, and Evan is in, from Connecticut. So, and I know Universal Animal also pretty well because they did most of their shoots at a pond, and they like five minute drive from us. But uh, you know, the athletes definitely provide the company with a lot of content. 
like they really part of the company they so much more than athletes because if you look at evan Santapani for the past couple of years he hasn't really been active he hasn't really been competitive uh he hasn't been doing shit. but in terms of like animal he's been doing a lot like writing articles uh releasing a collaboration product with them i think they have some kind of a product together I mean, yeah. he's been very, very active with the company. So whether it's because of him or because of the company or both, I think that's very, very impressive. The same thing was with Vinny Galanti. Vinny Galanti was extremely, um, you know, close with Animal. I mean, they were really, he was like the face of the company, even though he was actually not like a top level athlete ever. You know, I mean, Evan was, but not Vinny, but he's been with them for a while. Don't forget about the Frank, Frank McGrath. Yeah, Frank McGrath bar barely fucking competed, and he's been with them for like, what, 10 years or something? And I think that German guy, what's his name? He's been with them also for a while. Uh, the fuck is his name? Very nice physique, very, very... Yeah, but, he, yeah, but he's not, not with Animal. He's anymore. not with Animal, but he was with them for a couple of good years. Uh, yeah, You're talking about Roman Fritz? Yeah, Roman Fritz. Yes, yes, yes. Great physique, phenomenal physique. Uh, he was shooting at a pollen gym at one point with them. So we got to talk. He was a complete class act. So I think that uh, Animal knows how to utilize the athletes. They're also very good at picking the athletes. I think one of the worst athletes that was with Animal uh, is actually Derek. You know, he wasn't very impactful when it comes to the line and he was not as involved. Answer? Yes. Um, I don't think he was very, um, he was not very good at promoting because I can't blame Animal for it since, you know, they work great with Amon and Frank and, and Roman and Vinny. So it can be, you know, just the history shows that they know how to utilize the athletes. But uh, don't forget also about Steffi. Go on. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And they, they had that uh, Russian guy, the powerlifter, the huge Andrei Malanichev, I think. Malanichev is still yeah. with them. Oh, he's still with them? And he's been yeah. with them forever. He's been with them also for like at least five, six years. Oh, and what's his name? Um, the owner of Steel. Dan Green? No, no, no. The owner of Steel, uh, Jason... Jason... The fuck? Jason Ha. Jason Ha, yes. He... Uh -huh. Yeah, he's been with Animal also for a number of years until he left to start his own business. So, like, you know, they, they, they had athletes. I mean, this is one of those companies that actually, you know, um, either knew how to pick the athletes, except Derek, or, uh, you know, and they know how to, you know, to, to utilize them properly. And, you know, even without them competing, because, again, like, uh, Frank fucking competed, like, once every, what, three years or something? And Evan hasn't competed in a long time due to injuries and whatnot. And Vinny was not um, not competitive either. I mean, not not competitive, but he didn't wasn't like very, you know, top competitor or anything like that. But uh, they did good. Yeah, I remember also like when Antoine uh, Bayon was also uh, yeah. part, of, part of the crew, but he was more he was more universal than Animal. But, yes. Yeah, yeah but. You know, that's this is when you know the when you have a perfectionist such as like Eric Schwartz on board. True, this, true, this, I agree. 
this is this is where you know the the brand can shine you know and he, he was able to put like an amazing team of athletes you know and so on so yeah. I, was never, I, I never had the chance to go to uh to arnold classic but shane told me like uh oh eric, eric was on fire yeah. oh eric was, was on fire yeah, yeah. and so on so yeah I, I never had the chance to see it on my own just i was on uh i was at the feeble you just see their their booth and but it wasn't like it's not comparable to cage at all so. and, and i'll tell you what eric had a say in selecting athletes that i'd also know for a fact and uh, actually he was the one who as far as i remember picked evan and then when Evan briefly left, Eric was the one who actually, you know, was responsible for resigning Evan as well. And, you know, I think that it was a great collaboration. I mean, though Evan and, and Animal, and that just goes, goes to show you that you don't need a Mr. Olympia to represent your brand. No, hell no. Yeah, and uh, somebody who is a not mediocre athlete, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, mediocre, uh, average placing athlete, mm -hmm. you know, or somebody who doesn't place well at all and maybe not even professional but yeah. he just a good representation for the brand mm -hmm. yeah i also yeah. wonder i don't think core needs clarita by any means could it benefit them i agree I, I, no, I, no, no, not at all man just, yeah. just like we just like you know you know talking but at one point you know it won't yeah what lucas was saying is that he's a good fit which i agree wholeheartedly Honestly, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you know that uh, you know core needs needs to you know sign Clarida because you don't have to you know sign anyone. The brand is just like working on its own, perfectly fine. You know, so you they, they don't need anyone. If if uh, if we it, if it will hurt them to sign Clarida, I don't think so. I think it, it, if with like with uh, uh, dark mentality and meaty, they can they can do well, you know, with him, and they can do some good projects, you know, and maybe even like do a dedicated line for Florida or something like that. I wouldn't like see Florida with Animal. I think that they already have like a, a decent lineup, and uh, so I don't think that like adding another athlete would be a smart choice. Mm -hmm. I think that you know if. Uh, if Clarida wants to, you know, wants to have like, you know, a good presence, he should like sign with like a brand that, you know, doesn't have like a, a major athlete in the lineup. Yeah. But that's yeah. just that's just my call, you know. Yeah. Um. Do you think he moves a lot of product? I mean, if he's jumping from one brand to another, that leads me to believe he's not a big cash cow for the brands. He's not pulling in a lot with his. Uh, you anything. know, you, you know what, Robert? It's a very, very good question, and uh, you know, I would be. I, I always hate saying something that I don't know for a fact, but I don't think so. I don't think Sean Clarita is a product more, so to speak, because let's face it, he was with Nutribio. Nutribio is a good brand with good quality products, um, and. Uh, would he would mark have kept him yeah he would cap he would have kept him if he was providing a concrete proven benefit meaning sales or uh, you know exposure um that uh, that elevates neutral buyer from point a to point b right. and uh, you know we know that uh, sean has a because it's pretty much widely known now 
that Sean has a very big financial appetite and he likes to ask for a lot of money and he's obviously driven more by money than anything else. I'm not saying it as a criticism. I'm saying it just as a pure fact. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you what. It doesn't matter how much money you ask from a brand. If you're providing benefit, meaning, you know, that money comes back to the company and you're increasing sales and whatnot, because at the end of the day, you can call it sponsorship. I call it employment. Why? Because you're employed by the company. Every... Uh, you know, every employee of any company is getting X amount of money for his services, but he is working for the company because he's providing more for the company than he's getting compensated. That's just, you know, the way capitalism works. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, unless if I pay you $10,000, you have to bring me those $10,000 just to pay you, but I'm your boss. So it would make sense that you bring me $20,000. So I get as much as you get but conventional wisdom dictates that i'm your boss so i should still be making more than you so now i, I would i would expect maybe twenty thousand for me and ten thousand for you so can you bring to me thirty thousand dollars if you bring thirty thousand dollars then you somewhat justify your salary and this is unfortunately what most athletes don't see uh, you know, they like to say, oh, but you know, you have me as an athlete and I want the Olympia and I want the Arnold Classic and I want this. Nobody gives a flying fuck. Just like Lucas said, there are athletes that didn't win shit and they're actually bringing more to the companies than athletes that want something. So the reason why Sean Clarita was gone from Nutribio and didn't renew even though Mark actually posted a very nice post, and I like that post that he did. Yeah, Nevertheless, you know, Mark very nicely, very uh, politely said that, you know, there was no war, there was no animosity, there was no fight, there was nothing. Sean asked for X. Mark did not feel like he should be giving him that, and they parted ways. You know, no hard feelings. It's totally understandable. Right, Sean yeah. went to Raw. I didn't like the way Raw handled it. I didn't like the way they treated him. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the fact that he was gone just shows that clearly, you know, he was gone before his contract was up. He was gone before the, uh, the end of even a year. The only reason why he could be gone is if either they had some kind of a fight that could not be resolved or he was not worth it whatever compensation they were giving him so he was gone uh again we don't know the main reasons i mean it's very suspicious that bumstead comes in and all of a sudden sean clarita loses his job but again we don't know the specifics we don't know ins and outs but one thing we all can agree on no company will fire an athlete if the athlete is beneficial to the company i mean that's pretty much a given yeah, you know, that's just the really way egregious or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something, like I said, nobody's fault. Maybe you're unable to deliver what you're asking for. But when, you know, you won here with Nutribio and Nutribio doesn't renew your contract for another year, when you withdraw and Raw doesn't even last with you for a full length of a contract, which I was suspected is at least a year, um, then going to a third company, you can win 10 Olympia titles, but, um, your credibility and your value, in my opinion, drops. Um, I mean, you could agree with me or maybe not, but that's just my view. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you on all those points. Uh, Mitch, before we get to this question, 
Uh, last call for any other comments or questions. Smart ass remarks from the peanut gallery that's tuning in listening, guys. Uh, Robbie, with cherry cola and root beer flavors out now, will we see this flavor come to Hooligan at all? No one's up well, the uh, new Hooligan uh, has three flavors and it's going to be released in a couple of months. Uh, so those are pretty much confirmed. I mean, based on how they're going to do and what we will see, I'm not ruling out of the question. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a fourth, maybe a fifth flavor as well. And, you know, we'll see how the uh, receptions are um, to to this particular cherry. Cola is a collaboration with uh, Nutri Cartel with Jake. So we mm -hmm. probably have to ask him. He's going to know. Uh, he's going to have a better idea. Root beer kind of surprised me because it tastes exactly. I'm not exaggerating. It tastes exactly like root beer. Robert, yours is on the way. Hopefully you'll get it soon. Awesome. Um, but I think root beer, cherry cola are one of those. They are those like, you know, unusual flavors that you're either going to like or you're going to hate. You know, I don't think it's kind of in between. I'd be curious about the strawberry matcha. Where did that flavor kind of come from? Because I've tried that. I, I like the sour apple of bare knuckle considerably more. And I've told you this. I just, the, it's mm -hmm. a very interesting flavor. We, I don't think we've seen a matcha tea flavor, or at least I haven't yeah. seen one. Well, uh, I actually, there is a coffee shop uh, not far from my house. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called California Coffee Company. It's a very, very, very popular spot. So they come up always with very unique flavors. Uh, with iced coffee and whatnot and I saw it actually there and I tried it and you know a couple of my friends tried it as well uh, some of them were like uh, okay this is different nobody hated it yeah. and some obviously you know just like with root beer or cherry cola they absolutely loved it so we said you know it's something different um, let's give it a shot um, the flavor is actually doing pretty decent. Obviously, you know, sour apple is killing it because it's just so popular and it's so good and yeah. traditional. But uh, this one is, I don't know if it's going to stay or not. We'll see one, once it runs its course. But it just wanted to, to try something different, and that's all. When we tried it, like I said, uh, there were a few people that said, like, okay, different, not really my thing. And there were some who were like, okay, this is pretty unique, and I like it. There you go. Right. I was saying, I was about to ask if that was peanut butter you were swirling up and, and mixing. I couldn't see what in the world that was. You're muted. You're muted. This is my pre-workout. What is it? It's Gorilla Nitric. Mm -hmm. The Gorilla Mine Nitric with the uh, specimen. That's a potent combination. That's oh, a, yeah. Yeah, your face is gonna be on fire from all that nice and specimen too. I don't think so. I will find out. Yeah, is it the yo-yo blend or non-yo-yo blend? It is the GFY blend. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's the yo-yo one then. Cool. All right, gents, any uh, closing thoughts before we uh, close out the podcast and send that on its merry way? Say bye. Um, show your muscles. Waiting, waiting for the brand of the year award title. Oop. Simon says under the radar. Saw this the other day, and I think it was liars. Blue pill, world peace. Red pill, and cellucor red pill any day of the week. I'm a little confused. <laughs> oh. 
He wants to put it into Segor or World Peace, and he chooses into Segor. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for clarifying that, Shane. All right, all right, listeners out there listening. Thank you very much. That was awfully redundant. Good lord, listeners out there listening. Listeners that tune into the podcast, thank you for uh, giving us your time. If you have any comments, questions, uh, smart-ass remarks for a future episode of the podcast. Uh, leave a comment down below, shoot an email to me, the supplement engineer at gmail.com or hit up Robbie, Shane, or Lucas at their respective points of contact. And, uh, if you're looking to save fat, 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 fatty discounts, use code final scoop, save 15% on all Apollo nutrition products. And don't forget to subscribe to the stack 3d podcast available on iTunes and all other major podcast platforms. And, uh, Subscribe to the Stack 3D newsletter for more fat savings and the latest. Yeah, and give a like, news. give a like and share yeah. for Ava. Yeah, it is. Here we it's go. Bye, Ava. All right, thank you all, and uh, we'll catch you all next time on the final scoop. Cheers, guys. Let's go. Okay. See ya.